Ladies and gentlemen, may I present for your intellectual and philosophical pleasure Run Fast on Raw Dog Product Comedy Hits Channel 99 have to come up with 7.3 million dollars uh, to the family of Marvin Gaye. It's Wednesday, March 11th, 2015. Uh, 
This is the first show of the new year. It's uh, very, very exciting to be back from Christmas break. But this Robin Thicke news is just amazing. He had one big song in his life, and now he's got to turn over the money. Um, but you know him. He'll write so many more. I mean, this is just... This is just one of many he had in his head, Fez. If you're going to steal a song, make sure it's not such a big hit. Maybe this is... No, that's not even true anymore. That's not even true. That people have come up for all kinds of things and sued people. Uh, It's almost, if you do have a hit, now the lawsuits start. Because there's so much shit up on YouTube. And, you know, we've been writing pop music for 60 years now. So the fact of the matter is, this kind of stuff happens... Uh, you know, on a constant basis, but, um, you know, Pharrell will be fine. Robin Thicke, I don't know, I remember the first time I met Robin Thicke, I was such a gigantic fan of his, and we were out on tour, it was a tour of like state fairs around the country, I was playing with my band, uh, the Oneaters, and I remember uh, we went up to him, we were so excited, started to sing his, his big hit song to him. He had his sunglasses on, he's got a cool... He said, oh, you guys sing this is just as good as I do. Later, he started trying to be like us once our hits started to go up the charts. That's before we had to jet to the coast. And if the phones were used correctly, and I believe they were, we were going to be doing a major television show as well as a motion picture. Um, he literally looks like Mr. Downtown Robin Thicke, if they ever think of springing that off. But um, So that, of course, is big news. The other big news, Fez, and I know you're a football aficionado. Yes. Something is happening in the city of Philadelphia that I'd only seen in the movie Major League where they try to get rid of all the stars and then they bring in convicts and people who do voodoo and old men with a junk ball left and that is going to be your team I don't understand it the game is lost on me Chip Chip Hooray who is our Coach, general manager, and evil, I hope genius, has gotten rid of all the stars, and he wants us to cheer for salary cap, and I'm having a a problem with this. He is drunken mad with power, or maybe just drunken, to bring in Sam Bradford as your quarterback? Who says that that's the last move? We know that he wants... The flying Hawaiian throw in Samoan, we know this. So maybe this is part of another deal, whatever it is. Uh, you know, Sam Bradford went as number one at one fucking point. God knows when. But I don't understand what Chip Kelly is doing. And I only say this. He has hurt me in a way that only a woman can hurt you. You know what I mean? Like that thing where you're like, I've... <laughs> I did everything 
I don't understand why you're still acting crazy. I'm... I shaved. I'm not hanging out with my friends. And you're still not fucking happy. I don't... There, there's a thing where you're trying to love someone and they're not loving you back and you don't know what's going on. And that's where I am with Chip Kelly. And the thing is, you can't even call him a failure because he's trying something so non-traditional that you have to wait until he fails before you can sit and call him a drunken idiot. You have to see whether this works. And it's also the place that we are as professional football fans... We don't want a 10 and 4 team. We don't want an 11 and 3 team. We don't want a fucking 13 and 3 team. We want to win the fucking Super Bowl. Period. End of story. Nothing else. If you don't win the Super Bowl, your job is on the line and everything could change for a quarterback, a uh, general manager, a uh, coach, anybody who's in those positions that we hold accountable to. So I see what he's doing. He's like, if I'm going to fucking play this game, it's going to be my way. What he doesn't understand is, I got a little fucking skin in that game. I don't know whether he's right or wrong. I don't know that this is... I don't know what happened. I don't know if they got the, the diamonds. I don't know if they got the diamonds. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Let me call my daddy. I wish I was Jay Moore for just a second. <laughs> but that's how I feel right now. This clusterfuck, which may be fucking great, but it may be the worst thing that ever happened. But why am I being held hostage to this? From what I understand, Sam Bradford threw out his shoulder signing the deal. That's a cute joke, and I guess I would choke if it wasn't my team. But none of that seems funny to me. This is horrific. Because at least before, I'm like, maybe he sees something in Foles. You know, maybe Foles is every, And now Foles is gone. Just star after star after star is gone. They're calling him uh, a fucking racist because he's traded every star but Cooper. But here's the thing. What makes him think that that trade isn't coming again? He might just cut him outright. He might see him smoking an acid cigar and say to himself, well, that's effeminate, and get rid of him. We don't know what's happening. It's it not- seems like he's trying to get rid of any sort of Andy Reid smell that might still be in the locker room. That Andy Reid smell was in the fucking playoffs for over a decade. You know, this is that fucking thing that we thought Andy Reid was an asshole, even though he put together a winning team every year, but if you don't win the Super Bowl, you're an asshole. You know? Uh, that's the fucking thing. Do you want a consistent team? Or do you want to take the long shot and say it's the Super Bowl or bust? And it seems like that's where he is. I'm out of my fucking mind. I was tossing and turning all last night. It's not fair for him to just put you on this roller coaster of emotions like this. You know what, Shelby? You play the position in my life that Fez used to. You're there for me. You're there 100%. That used to be Fez. Now he's like, oh, shit, I got a quick Sam Bradford joke. Why don't I do it? There's no time for jokes. That's not what you need here. Thank you, Shelby. You need some comforting here or just the... Tuck you down. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what I need. I don't know who's got the diamonds and the con. I'm holding on to this big phone and I gotta call my daddy. And that's really just a Jay Moore ripoff. Uh, Jay Moore's got a big uh, special coming out. 
this uh, Saturday. What's the name of it? More, more, more. How do you like it? How do you like it? That isn't the name of it on Showtime. <sighs> what is the name of it? Do you know? It's Jay Moore Happy and a Lot. Oh, see, he is happy. I don't know whether that's good for him, though. This whole thing is just... I... I, I don't know what the fuck is happening. I don't know. I don't know what's going on right now. I know one thing. I want to fucking just get this. I want to put up a cardboard of of Chip Chip Hooray, the man they call Chip Kelly, uh, the genius from Oregon. And that for every game we uh, win, we take off another piece of his clothing. So he's right down to a G-string. Nice. You know? We're going to show all those bastards. I don't get it. I don't know what the fuck is going on. This is madness. You don't it's even a, usually see trades like this in the NFL, and there was like 10 of them yesterday. It's like NBA it, trade deadlines. It, it, it is. The game has changed so much over this salary cap, and I do believe that I am 100% right with one team wins the Super Bowl, and then everyone else's shit. As we found out... At the last Super Bowl, one play makes everyone sit and talk about a fucking guy who came out of college, won a Super Bowl. The next year, takes them one play away from winning the Super Bowl. And every fucking ham and egger, every lunch pail carrying fucking moron is smarter than him. So we've made it this frantic, crazy thing. You One guy is great. 32 guys are fucking idiots and need to be fired. Unless you're Tom Brady, you must just constantly be on edge during the whole season. Check with Tom Brady. Yeah. He is on edge. He knows it's going to end badly for him in New England. It is going to end badly. His father said, this is going to end ugly. The fucking four, four <laughs> rings, the six appearances, do not mean shit to these fe these flesh peddlers who just want to win it all there's I, and i you know i'm caught up in the system i'm not standing outside of it i feel like shit we don't have a super bowl we suck so this motherfucker is betting the house on god knows what he ain't telling anybody i've got four texts into him and five phone calls and i haven't heard back and i just would sign it a concerned fan <laughs> um Here's uh, here's Jay. Hey, Jay. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, cousin? Yeah. Yeah, I was just wondering. I remember a few months ago, Fezzi said that he wasn't going to be watching football until Michael Sam was the Look, starter. let's get this, this straight. I'm, I'm going to defend Fez here. I'm going to be your defense lawyer. Thank you. Fez lies about everything. Everything that he says is a lie or an attempt to give up responsibility. I know that he watched every game of the Bucks last year. Shit, he sits around and knows moves like there's no tomorrow. I did not watch any football until I got a, a email from Michael Sam's agent. Another saying lie. To. Another lie. What fucking grown man would care about such a thing? You ever gotten an email from your agent? No. See, that's that would have been better. Uh, Vince. Vince, and I hope this is Vince Papali. No, this is not Vince Papali. But oh, shit, that's too bad. But I want to tell you, you got to think about it like it's the, the miracle on ice. So he's a coach that's putting together a team. It's not necessarily the best players, but it's the best players that work together. Just like USA versus Russia, just like a gold medal team. Yeah, that happened once. 
36 fucking years ago. And if it would have if they would have played again the next day, they would have lost nine to zero. You're telling me that oh, don't worry, a miracle is coming. I don't have that kind of faith. But I had I actually said to myself, if they have a ten and six season, am I going to be happy with it? And I thought to myself, no. Eleven and five, you happy? No. Twelve and fourteen, happy. Go deep into the playoffs, playing the championship game, are you happy? No. Jets fans do not sit around happily thinking about two years in a row they went to the championship game. They're like, how did that bum fuck everything up? This is what we've become. Even if they do win the title, you're still probably going to be unhappy. Like, oh, who's going to, are they going to go in again? Are all these great players going to be back? I'll have one day of happiness, you know that. Yeah. I've never had that day. Fez has had that day. Although I will admit in the fourth quarter, I caught him and my sister-in-law talking about next year, and I had to yell at them. And then there was two more scores, and then I yelled, see, you jinxed your own fucking team. You, jink your, you jinxed your buckaroos. You, the sport is set up. You know, luckily, I'm a big Golden State fan. So, you know, growing up in the Golden State, that means everything to me. Bay Area Rollers. That's what you're always saying. Yeah, that is what I'm always saying. I don't know what to fucking do. Maybe I'll have to pick a Premier League team. I'm between Arsenal and West Ham only because, well, the names have come up to me before, and I don't want to take Man U because I don't want to be a Yankees fan. Uh, Garth, Garth, North Carolina. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Ronnie hey. I I completely sympathize with you, man. I'm a 49ers fan, die hard. A couple years ago, one play away from winning the Super Bowl, and over the weekend, my team is gone. I, I don't know. I'm not going to know anyone on that roster anymore. Gore's a Colt. Willis retired. Justin Smith's retiring. Crabtree's gone. Look, it's see, not- here's the deal. If you look back at the teams that are beloved, let's say the Steel Curtain of the, the fucking 70s, that team could not exist today. Because you, you'd have to sit around and go, oh, who do we fucking trade? Do we have to trade Mean Joe Green? You know, you, we don't want great teams for some reason. We want this thing where every year is a new team. It just doesn't fucking happen that way anymore. They don't want that game. They want every year everybody to think, oh, we got a chance. There's no reason that you should sit in Jacksonville and feel like you have less of a chance than anyone in New England. That's their fucking philosophy. Um, hey, Papa. You're on the run of face show. Hey, hey. How you doing? Hey. Hey, I think that Jim Kelly's trying to get, get a first-round draft pick with all these trades. To uh, get that uh, Oregon State quarterback. Yeah, that is, of course, the big fucking rumor. I don't know how he's supposed to do it with this thing. I don't want to sit around and, and cheer for salary cap. That's not, to me, what it is to be a sports fan. Rick, Indiana, you're hey. right. Yeah. Hey, Ronnie. First of all, I neglected to tell your call screener this is the one, Rick, that brought you the wonderful news about. Penn, Gillette, and Tell are out there in Vegas. I Thank you. So, that out there. so you're a trustable uh, person. I can relax and put my trust into you. Absolutely. Put your trust in Chip Kelly. He's a different breed of head coach and GM. I'm actually a Dolphins fan. And, yeah, okay, we got Sue, but we lost a corner. We lost three other defensive linemen. And, by the way, 
we're not scoring a whole lot of points. But what Kelly's doing isn't necessarily for right now. It's for two years from right now when they're putting rings on their fingers. And look at Belichick. He does the exact same thing. Not a big splash, but here comes the cash when they're winning those playoff games and Super Bowls. You know, all that, and this is why when Fez was calling him an evil idiot or a drunk or whatever, I'm like, we don't know. You, uh, We no longer know enough about the game that you could sit and talk about that because it has changed into this different kind of money ball thing. And now I guess what you're supposed to do is your hero is supposed to be fucking Chip Kelly and not a quarterback, a halfback, a linebacker. All that's gone. And you, it's basically the same as fantasy sports. Yeah. Chip Kelly yeah. is a fantasy sports guy except for that there's no fantasy. This is real sports. It's but, the real deal. Yeah. The other thing, the other thing about all this free agency is, I, I think a lot of it is you got these team owners who are billionaires that are seeing who's got the biggest dick. You know, that's a lot of who can I sign for the most amount of money to make my peers say, "Holy shit, look what I just did." I get all that, but I, but what you don't understand. The difference between Chip Kelly and all these other people, Chip Kelly is fucking with the emotions of a Philadelphia sports fan, okay? They will fucking put a hit out on him. They will, they'll fucking beat up his children on the way to the third grade. He's playing a very dangerous game in Philadelphia, so he better win. He's got to win. He's got to give them something they never had before. There's fucking people in that town sitting around talking about 1960, pre-Super Bowl. I don't get it. I don't know what's happened to the game. Uh, Hard Rock Johnny. Well, yesterday was just insane with all these... I don't remember free agency ever being like this that fast yesterday. The game has changed, Johnny. It's all about the cap now. It's it's insane, and you get these, like, you know, I mean, think about some of the moves yesterday. So the Colts with Gore and then maybe getting Andre Johnson. Like, you look at how these teams evolve so quick. Imagine Andre Johnson with Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton. It's like, it makes it crazy. And then the Jets, the Darrell Revis deal to me is insane, $70 million. Why? I, you know, I don't know. And you know what they still have? No quarterback. Although they just traded for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Wow, that's great. I mean, who's going to throw the ball? Well, here's the, you know, you look at a team like New Orleans who won the Super Bowl how many years ago? Four, five? Uh, I think seven. Has yeah, back that a far? long time yeah. So you got a quarterback. He's got one fucking weapon. And they get rid of them. <laughs> they got rid of because they need, but they also because they need an offensive line. That's where that all spurred from. Is that they needed their offensive line was so bad this year. They needed that they were bleeding out on. And but but could we do something? Run. Could these thirty-two capitalists stop with their fucking socialist system? And could we just <laughs> let people have the team? And if somebody deserves that money, to pay them. I don't give a shit if I'm watching billionaires run around out there anymore. I just want to see a team stay together. I want to see a team that has a window that's longer than four games. 
I also think the the guy who called earlier and was saying that Bill, this guy that that Chip Kelly's doing like Belichick. Absolutely not. If Belichick had someone who was really good, he's not trading him away. I don't. I mean, what Chip Kelly's doing. I mean, maybe someone's right and we don't understand it, but it's insane. I, I just how do you trade away such good players? I don't get it. You be, and basically. Right now, he's sitting around in a two-team league. You know what I mean? Like, he's not in the toughest division. Uh, and why wouldn't you try to take advantage of that with your great fuck? I don't know. I don't uh, know. It's all going and I mean, for me. And it looks like, I think, you know, it looks like, you know, the, their, their quarterback or their running back's not going to happen. They're not getting to Marco Murray. That's not, it doesn't look like that's happening. I think he's staying in Dallas. So what happens then? They probably go into it like the president goes into that job, like wanted to make a bunch of change. But they see like, oh, even if I have a really losing team, we're still making a lot of money. So who cares? Well, the coach cares. The coach will be gone with that thing. The owner can sit around and be that way. But the coach will be gone. Um, Garrison, Wisconsin. Go ahead. Yeah, Ron, I, I, I take umbrance to the 32 capitalists. There's 31. Green Bay Packers are owned by stockholders of the community. You could not be more right, and I'm going to apologize to you and <laughs> your tiny little community. I'm going to send you into the big-ass <laughs> prize closet. There is no doubt what you have is the best situation I've ever heard of in my life. A community that owns their team, that isn't worried about it, going to to Los Angeles every you know three years. Uh, and, and then they and, outlawed it. Yeah, that's the thing. They outlawed it after you know Green Bay got grandfathered in, and then they outlawed it, so it couldn't happen again. And the, and a team that that loves their stadium. For the fans that show up, and not for Coca-Cola executives, uh, I'm going to send yeah, you. You're never going to see U.S. Cellular Field. <laughs> I'll, yeah, exactly. I'm going to send you to the big ass prize closet. That hey, guy just set me straight. Even Shelby, my right hand guy, the guy who's always there for me, um, couldn't come up with that one. Jeremy, okay, see. Yeah, I uh, I'm really interested to see what Sam Bradford does in Philadelphia if he is the starter. I know that it's your team, and it wouldn't be as good if it was my team. Like I wouldn't be, I'd be unhappy like you are. But there's a lot of people around here that have been wondering. He was such a big star here, and you know we've been wanting to see him play well, on a that, better that's... team. What's, what's the offensive line like on that team? Yeah, the, the offensive line is trouble. Look, Fez said the joke that's now the cliche that the, the guy could get hurt watching fucking game film. But the reality of it is everybody knows that that guy's got a lot of fucking talent. But you got to stay healthy. Staying healthy is part of it. Fez has always had the health, mental, physical, emotional, so he can joke about those things. But to a Sam Bradford, that every day is edgy. I think I'm going to give you a present today, Fez. What's that? I'm not going to play um, any of the Skanks video that was sent. As a little present to you. Okay, thank you. Unless you make another joke about Sam Bradford, my fucking favorite player. 
or Brad Brad, as I call him. I didn't know you called. I didn't know you were that attached to well, him. Well, you don't follow football anymore because since uh, I guess your favorite player, I don't know what happened. Did he get AIDS? No, he was. What cut. happened to him? He was cut. Health reasons? No. He was losing weight at an alarming rate. Homophobic reasons. He was cut from both the Rams and the Cowboys. You're both following Sam's now, so it is sort of some weird parallel universe. Yeah, but it's easy for Fez. His Sam is just standing on a corner smoking a cigarette. (laughs) Oh, no, he's in Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, I'll be able to follow him every Monday night once the new season starts. When does that happen, Fez? Do you know? I believe it's May. Well, I hope he does great. Right now he's on another practice squad, learning how to dance. It's not an easy thing to pull off the roast mess to prove that. Penn Gillette was another guy. <laughs> I don't think you could be funny and dance. I think that's a, that's a gimme. Hold on, Steve Martin's calling on the hotline and he's angry. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm going bro. Maybe I'm going to lines. Poor bastard. He's just fucking sitting there. And saying to his fucking manager, I don't have $7.3 million. Okay? I owe the fucking bread man right now. I'm afraid to answer my own phone. And you tell me $7.3 million. He's going to have to call his dad and see if any of those growing pains residuals are coming in. See if he can spot him a few million. Yeah, I'm sure we always have a place to crash. Um, hey, Dave. Dave, you're on the on the fish show. How are you? Dave. I am longtime Rams fan. St. Louis or Los Angeles, I couldn't be happier. All he was, he was more or less their modern day Jim Everett of the 2000s. I used to call him Chrissy Everett until he ran at me and started choking me on television. Yeah. Uh, now you say you don't Chris. care whether they're in Los Angeles or St. Louis. It doesn't matter to you. I'd rather see them back in Los Angeles, but no matter what city they're going, I'm still. Where do you live? Ohio. Dave, where do you live? In Columbus. Why do you love the Rams so much? Well, I used to live in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. See, if I, if I lived someplace and the team moved, I would hate them. They would be like an ex-wife. I could never cheer for that team again. You can't cheer for your team if they lose one week. You didn't even stick with your Bucks after the Super Bowl. It was very fr- that Super Bowl that post Super Bowl season was very frustrating. Yes, that Monday night game was a disaster. Yes, but that isn't what a fan is. A fan isn't somebody who's just there in the good times. A fan is somebody who sees something like what happens to Chip Kelly and fucking hurts. And like I don't know what's going on anymore. You haven't called back. You haven't texted. I'm hearing stuff from my girlfriends that you've been seeing driving around with a weird blonde. Someone said they saw you rollerblading. You've never rollerbladed before. That's fandom. You know you want it. Bloodlines! Poor bastard. 
Uh, the Chuck E. Cheese, uh, the Chuck E. Cheese bra was the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Here's what happens at Chuck E. Cheese. This is how crazy Americans have gotten. So they show up. There's a Chuck E. Cheese party for the whole family, uh, and I guess the friends and all that. The little photo booth isn't working well, so naturally the adults stomp the shit out of the managers, busboy. Knocked over the girl who fucking brings out salads. Just went batshit crazy uh, in front of all the children's. And, um, by the way, I guess there is a thing at Chuck E. Cheese. If you work there, it means you can't fight. Because apparently these guys didn't even put up a defense. They fucking sat there like fucking just Mormons getting punched in the face. I guess Mormons don't fight. I might have confused them with Amish. They're probably getting just constantly punched in the face. So, I mean, when they're just out there in their white clothes trying to get people to convert. So Thanks, Shelby. What, what makes you think that all they wear is white clothes? Like they're, they're clean, cr- pristine white T-shirts. So it's not tees. Uh, the button-downs, Book of Mormon style. Yeah, but then they fucking rock the whole Reservoir Dogs fucking look. That is so true. So you better be fucking careful, because you might be fucking putting your fucking hands on Mr. Blonde. All right, this is the 911 call. Yes. All right, let me hear a little bit of the 911 call. Hi, 911. What is the address for your emergency? 7601 West Ridgeway Drive. Yep. 7601? Yes. Okay, what's happening? I uh, think, like, we're going to need cops, ambulances. Like, they're just freaking out. We just need people here. Okay. How many people are in a fight? A lot. Like, a lot. All right. Let's Everybody's go. freaking out. Okay, listen to me. I'm going to get them on the way, but I need you to stay on the phone and ask, answer some questions, okay? Okay. All right. Any weapons? Any weapons seen? I don't know. I don't know. They're all in the kitchen. I don't know. Okay, so it's people in the kitchen? It's everyone that's attacking the workers. Okay, so customers attacking the workers? Yes. Okay. Where are you at? I'm in the break room right now. Okay. I'm in a parallel poltergeist area. Okay, did you see anybody else hurt? Yes, my managers, both of them were attacked. Okay, I don't know if they have weapons, I don't know. I'm just... Okay, listen, listen, they're on their way there, okay? But so okay. stay calm for me, okay? I'm trying to help. All right. Thank you. Okay, yep. now your managers that are hurt. I'm sorry, what? Your managers that are hurt? Why do you think that they're hurt? I mean, I know they got attacked, but they got attacked by um, workers or just employees, not employees. Sorry, I can't even say that now. It's just so bad. The customers. The customers. Like, I don't know how many people are hurt right now. I'm just... Okay. All right. I just want to know how many ambulances I need. I don't know who's got the diamonds or what. Okay. 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 Now... Who is, who was a person that attacked your manager? Frank. Because Frank it attacked. It was a party dad. A party dad. A party tall, dad. He's black. He's black. The black party dad attacked my manager. Okay. He's a party daddy. Is anybody? Is everybody still physically fighting? Yes. Okay. Who's We're farting? everyone out. It's not bad. Okay. A party dad. A lot of people. Send a lot of people. Send a lot of people. Physically fighting. Send guns, lawyers, guns, and money. 
money. We need planes, tanks. The Black Party dad beat up my manager and knocked out his braces. <laughs> Poor bastards. They had, you know, you're just showing up at Chuck E. Cheese, which means you probably didn't even wash your fucking shirt. You know what I mean? You just, you know, you have your Chuck E. Cheese shirt that you wash once a week. They're like little fucking cheese stains all over it, a brown clip on tie. And the next thing you know, party dad is just beating the fuck out of you in front of children. <laughs> She, You're trying to hide down in the ball pit. You're crawling underneath. Unbelievable. So apparently, uh, all the party dads are arrested. The cops showed up and just basically said the, the Chuck E. Cheese staff did not stand a chance. They died with their boots on. She sounded like she was calling from a Chuck E. Cheese safe room. Like every she restaurant was. should have one. She was in the back. She was in the back next to the napkins and the spoons. She was in a fucking Columbine mood. She had a reserve bag of ski balls just in case they broke the door down. None of these, you know, you're working at Chuck E. Cheese. You've never seen any street shit go on in your life, you know? You've been probably a nice person. They said that the, the girl who first got punched in the face for trying to call was like under 18, you know, and you know that her parents like six months ago were like, we're so excited for Jessica. She's working at Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, she's learning responsibility. You know, maybe this will lead to her cleaning her room and it's going to look good on her college app. And then these fucking dudes just come in. You did, There's video up. It's on the iBang. And you just see people just getting the fuck kicked out of them in the back. It spilled into the kitchen. Yeah. These look look at this guy covered in blood, shirt tail out. And this one guy just seconds before was putting pepperoni on shit. You know, you're just sitting back there, you're just you you're just hating life. You're just like putting little pieces of pepperoni on fifty fucking pizzas and all of a sudden these party dads just come spilling in there just fucking you up. I'm surprised that the pizzas are actually assembled there. I would have sworn that these were prepackaged maybe some high end DiGiorno. You know I don't know whether you've ever had to be a party dad, but it's a nightmare situation. You get there the the kids are just running everywhere, and everyone's asking you for tokens, <laughs> and the music, like these fucking weird stuffed animal robots are singing awful songs, and all you can smell is like, is like toddler pizza farts, <laughs> the entire place, you know, all those... All those little balls in the ball pits have fucking been pissed on over the years. The whole thing is just an uncomfortable situation. And I guess if the photo booth was broken, you could just automatically lose your shit and just scream out to your you, you know your brothers, let's kill all these motherfuckers. I think that's what happened. I think he just couldn't uh, take it anymore. Uh David in Tennessee. Quit pointing that breadstick at my daddy. Take that whack-a-mole away from <laughs> my daddy. No one will be able to do that as good as Jay Moore. Um, Chad, Chad in Wisconsin. Ron Ronnie B, say, man, a call back to yesterday's show. 
DJ Who Kid, Sirius's own DJ Who Kid, yes. was actually DJing for that Waka Flocka concert down in Florida over the weekend where that dude got his face stomped. Just thought I'd let you know that. Well, he also was at this fucking pizza party that turned bad, too. <laughs> I don't know what it is with him. <laughs> he's everywhere. Yeah, he's a jinx. He sure is. Have a good day, buddy. Who kid? And the Who Kid and Sam show. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, it is the Ron and Fez show. Fez Watley, it looks like you're back. Am I right about that, Fez? Oh, yeah, I'm back. What is what, what, what gets you back? I don't know. I can't. If I figured it out, I wouldn't leave time to time. Mm. I wouldn't check out at those points. I've never figured out what gets me back. Then I better not play that Legion of Skanks clip. I don't know why people feel the need to send me Legion of Skanks clips. The last thing I need, 6 o'clock in the morning, is to be cracking up laughing. <laughs> and by 6 o'clock, I mean 10.30. I don't know why I lied, but I did. You know what? I'm going to catch myself lying. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to give you another one. That wasn't me that ran into Mr. Downtown. It that wasn't? was a group called The Wonders. I wasn't even in it. You had me but, going there. Yeah, now I feel like I've, I've told everything. Fez, you want to tell your big secret? That you're not gay one? No, I am gay. I don't know. I listened to Legion of Skanks yesterday. They came up with some really good points. I don't know why I would be the focus of a Legion of Skanks podcast. Well, because you're funny, Fez. And you're different. You're peculiar. And it takes your time to just answer back. And I think that's always interesting to uh, people. Um... James, James. Ronnie, I've never laughed so hard in my life. Is, is Black Party Dad part of the European Dictionary? It's the bla- There's a Black Party Dad just beating up my manager. That, there's video of that? <laughs> yeah, it's up on the iBang. The 911 calls are there. There's se- separate 911 calls. And then just some in-house video. I guess Chuck E. Cheese just aims at the pizza station so they can see <laughs> who's trying to steal fucking anchovies. Because uh, that's the only video we have of this Black Party Dads just fucking... Which, by the way... Is the name of my band, if anyone tries to rip that off. <laughs> the footage no looks way. like it's from Jurassic Park in the kitchen scene, where you're they're hiding racist, from the raptors geez, coming in. You're a fucking racist. Dump out of that. You're a racist. I know what you mean. I know what raptors is code word for, Fez, and I don't like it. It's like Vicious oak. dinosaurs. You motherfucker. Go back to your fraternity. Is that the scene where the lion opened the car door? <laughs> There's an a riot going on. I'm underneath uh, one of the changing stations for a child. I just saw my manager dragged out by four party dads. <laughs> I, uh, what was the, who were the party dads? She's trying to find out specifics. <laughs> as as soon as she said black, and then the, you hear the guy go, "Hey, hey, hey." We don't have need to say that. Just a party, Dad, who... Our photo booth wasn't working. 
And I think that's Darlene's fault. She was on the photo booth station. It just sounded like there was a riot at a Jim Gaffigan show. (laughs) (laughs) He would have been able to chill chill it out, though, by bringing his kids out to sing that Gaffigan song. It's adorable. Adorable. (laughs) Well, Disney uh, is putting out this billion-dollar project of a wristband that they will send to you as soon as you make arrangements to go to Disney World. From that point on, you never have to see money or a credit card again. You get a wristband mailed to you. It gets you on the airplane. It gets you sent to uh, Orlando. People will pick you up, take you to the hotel. But here's the weird part. Let's say, Fez, you went with your family. And I know it's a long shot that you ever have a gay family. Sure. But let's suppose you and, I'm going to guess, an Asian guy fell in love and you adopt, obviously have to adopt black kids. (laughs) You're going to get your little wristbands. The suitcase gets sent. You never have to check in. You never have to pick it up. It gets sent to your room. Not only that. Your whole thing is planned out, including meals, where you'll walk up and they'll go like this. Well, hello, Todd. Hi. Hi, Hop Singh. Hi, uh, Alpha and Seika. Um, here's your turkey burger, your three-bird burger. How, they know your names. Mm-hmm. They know what you like. Wow. They know everything about you where you could, you know, he'll be saying, here's your turkey burger and good luck with James Winston. I don't know. my, You know what I mean? Um, they know everything about you and you are just, you know, like aisle seat for Todd. You know, it's like the weirdest thing. Because they know I have to have an aisle seat. Already, they, they know everything about you. <laughs> everything. Sorry about your dad dying. I guess you just had that three-year anniversary the other day. This is what now they say. This is the prequel to what life is going to be like in the future. That you know, when you go out to the uh, to the store, people will know you. You know, we're turning America. Into this weird small town where everybody uh, knows everything about you. But I don't know how comforting that is. Um, I don't think you want something, somebody to say like this. Todd, should I take the lettuce wraps off the, <laughs> the table? Please. I know you had that mount, meltdown. <laughs> and I guess you don't want any blue, 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 blueberries now, do you? You know about that too, huh? Everything I know. That's unsettling. Here's your medication. It's unsettling to you and I, Fezzi, because we lived in the different world. I don't know how unsettling it'll be to young people. Here's a mistake I think they're making with it. The fact, not the technology, Mm -hmm. but the fact that it's in a wristband. That, if it was a card that you carried or a laminate... Can I I just tell you something? You think that you know more than these Imagineers? You don't think that they've already tried wrist... They don't want to do a card. They don't want you to worry about this wristband, as you call it. 
It is now just a piece of jewelry. It fits snug to any human being, and you never take it off. You you live life in it. It's like when you used to wear that coming out bracelet. Or, remember you wore a couple bracelets for a yeah. while? Made no big deal about finally taking them off after years? Um, this will be it. There will be no payoff to this. It'll just be a piece of like like people would be it's like saying to people of a different time well nobody wants to wear a shirt you know what i mean it's just um um it's just life it's going to be life uh for now on you know what i mean like people aren't going to think it's any weirder than breathing dave go ahead buddy hey ronnie b hey i was just down at disney and uh there's a one restaurant where you place your order, you wave this band, and then you find a table, and then like five minutes later, your food just shows up. You don't even deal with a waitress anymore. It's, a, it's the you wildest but greatest thing going. You don't order it. There's going to be people, like, Fez, you're going to be going into trying a, a cherry milkshake, and the girl's going to go, Tad, no. You know about your blood sugar. You know what it is right now? It's 180. You know, she's going to be able to mm-hmm. know all your vitals. Now, we, I am from a world where people were paranoid enough they didn't want anybody to know their fucking business. But we don't live in that world anymore. And there's like, we're on our second generation probably now of people growing up in a time where what's to hide? That's just what we do. We put it all out there. So, yeah, you're going to kick and scream into this world. I'll kick and scream. But younger people aren't going to care one way or another. They're going to be glad that the government knows where they are at all times. They're going to be happy that, you know, suddenly they get a fucking call from a store uh, telling them that the shoes that they didn't even order are on the way. You know what I mean? Like, that's where they want to be. Every app on my phone already has access to all my pictures and all my stuff, so it's not that much of a leap that I See, really that's See, the, that's the funny thing. If they made you take the initial leap, yes. right, it would be big. Instead, it's these little steps, so before you know it, it's all, uh, uh, it's all over. I don't like the fact that now if you look at something on a uh, site that you might be interested in buying, it will follow you to a completely different site. It'll show up like on uh, like on a side ad in your email. Yes, Fez, because this is 2003, and we're all alarmed by that. That has been going on forever. The cookies thing has gone on forever. I'm talking about the fucking people in the store knowing your name as you enter. A store in a city that you've never been to before. You. Your physical self. Yeah, they've been following you online so long, and you've been okay with it. They're going to be like this. And they'll be going to this. Oh, we've got some of that scat porn that you like, too. Uh, It's already on your TV. Um, Here's a cloth for your cum. Thank, thank you, thank Here's you. Here's some lube and cloth for your cum. Uh, Steve, Cleveland. Hey, Ron, what's up? Yeah. Uh, I, I recently went to uh, Disney World and, and used that wristband. 
Um, and it was the whole time I was using it, it was as, I mean, I couldn't, it wasn't like I was even charging anything. And by the end, when I, when I got the bill, I, I couldn't believe all, all the money I had spent. It was like a genius uh, way of getting you to Because you're not even there. touching a credit card. That's the other thing about what Fez brought up, is that a laminated card reminds you of a credit card. This costs money. You're just walking into things. You're it, just it walking way. along, and before you know it, you're in a club that costs $50 and two drink minimum. <laughs> you didn't even pay attention to that. It just no, happens all around you. And you've got a and bag no, of preordained no souvenirs to go home with. Yeah, and there's no receipt either. It's sent to your band. like So it doesn't even seem like a transaction. It's crazy. Now, this shit is going to happen from your house now, from your home. Where your wife sleeps. <laughs> Where your children come to play with their toys. Um, Kirk. Kirk in Pittsburgh. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, I just wanted to bring up, you know, the integration with technology uh, into our daily lives. And that show that you had mentioned uh, a few months back called Black Mirror. Oh, Black Mirror, keep on rolling. <laughs> and I'll tell you, it's amazing uh, but it's not a slippery slope with the technology stuff. It's like you said, it's a gradual uh, one step at a time process. Uh, and now I see my, myself doing things in my daily life uh, that are reflected in that show. And it was just a, a really, uh, really eye-opening show. I thought you might want to plug that again, too. Yeah, but see, here's the thing. The, the, the sci-fi in Black Mirror, some of it was only three or five years ahead. This is how fast technology goes. When they used to write science fiction back in, let's say, the 1950s or 1960s, you were writing for 150, 200 years uh, in the future. You know, Star Trek was going to be way in the future. The difference now is you are looking at generational differences that take place Every three to five years, where if you look at Shelby, he is in a different generation of, than Chris Stanley. Now, if you look at the baby boomers, they basically said anyone born between 1945 and 1964 are the same. They have more or less the same life. That might seem strange to people now, but remember the brown, the Bronze Age lasted fucking thousands of years and it was exactly the same. Yeah. Like, people could sit, like, a grandfather could look at his grandson or even great grandson and say, here's the way the world will work, son. Follow these rules. But the rules change all the time. And I think because of that, there's always an edge uh, in, um, of paranoia. Um, Uber is the same way now. Uh, you get into a car, and you get out of the car, and don't give them any money, including a tip. It doesn't feel like anything took place as if you handed them a credit card. You know what I mean? You hit an app, a car pulls up, you get in it, you get out of that car. Seems like a ride from a friend. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. See ya. Thanks for the magazine, too. <laughs> I had no idea there would be a nice little magazine in the back seat. But, you know, 20 bucks has taken place. That's a big different thing than taking out a fucking salt buck, handing it over to a guy.
major difference. And yet, what, what have they given us? A convenience that we've never had before. That on the street of New York City, instead of waving into traffic, someone just pulls up and, and treats you like a person. And you're like, well, this is so convenient. That's what they're always going to give us. Comfort and convenience. Comfort is the enemy of fucking freedom. We just don't know it. That book, Fahrenheit 451, where like books were banned. Well, it was 451. <laughs> yeah. The little thing... It's not like it was 9-11. Okay. The, the little things in that book that like we weren't supposed to get freaked out about, like the woman at the beginning, she's wearing like the little earbuds just to tune out the world, and right. how, like, all the screens in the house were just covering the entire wall. Like That part wasn't really supposed to freak us out. We were supposed to kind of get freaked out about the books being banned, but all yeah. those things we use today, and they're not even like big deals to us, like earbuds, TVs. Yeah, and the... And the, and the, it's a really good fucking point. And his fear about all that is, look, you're being cut off from re- reality. And now, as you go, to, you know, you're in a fucking gas station, you need to watch your fucking commercial while you're pumping your gas. You know, you don't have enough. You're not being sold enough fucking shit that you're not doing that all the time. And yeah, the earbuds are great, but they do cut you off from your environment. All the technology is always great. It's never not fucking great. Um, that's the whole fucking deal about it all. We always seem like we give up freedom for convenience, comfort, and safety. But how safe are we really? That's the weird deal. I'd, I'd still take the convenience up until... I don't know what point. One day it's just going to dawn on me that whole my life is really screwed up because of all this. Well, you're taking the convenience easily because, like I said, you're young enough that you don't remember what... You have no idea what it was to be totally off the grid. Yeah. To, to live like a free person where you couldn't be reached at any given time so you don't miss it. And that's why technology wins is because... They're always able to indoctrinate children. I saw a thing today that uh, 12 to 24-year-olds, only 8% of them are introduced to new music by listening to terrestrial radio. Right? 8%. Now, there are people alive on the planet who all remember the first time they heard the Beatles at the same exact moment. You know what I mean? They all remember what it was like when, let's say, fucking Elton John's fucking Yellow Brick Road album came out. You know? Nothing like that happens anymore. People, uh, the music is delivered into your home to your specifications all the time. As great as that sounds, and it is, we've done away with truly having this mass experience. We always give something up every single time. Every time there's something new and great, we give something up. The the the, the fact that, you know, we came up with matches and a lighter meant that people were no longer going to learn how to make fire. If you would have said to fucking people, if people would have, if you could have taken people like from the 1700s 
1500s, 1800s, even the early 1900s, probably 1920, and had them watch Survivor. First, they would have said, wait, are those little people in the box? And then they would say, why can't these retarded people (laughs) build a fire, a shelter, fish, hunt? What is wrong with them? Are they not human anymore? Are they just being fed things? Are they just alive, but they're not human? Um, it's, uh, it's always funny. Uh, here's our buddy, Andy in Cleveland. Well, let me try again. Andy in Cleveland. There we go. Um, how's it going? Uh, to back up a little bit, weirdly enough, uh, the, the Chuck E. Cheese, um, actually was on my route for like three years. Um, that it's a crazy town called Parma, Ohio. And it's just, it's all kinds of weirdness there. It's a little hilltop town that kind of grew into a bigger suburb. Uh, it goes down on record in Cleveland as being one of the few malls in the area where the white people scared everybody else away um, because they used to hold regular clan meetings at the mall. Ohio's a strange uh, yeah. place, man. It's, yeah, and we have all kinds of fun little pockets all over the uh, the greater Cleveland area. I never uh, forget ended- the first time I ever was in, like, Ohio and heard the southern accent. Like, when you are that- down southern part of Ohio, it sounds like you're in Kentucky. Yeah, but, you know, I know I never, never really figured out is that you get that no matter where you go. Like, I, I grew up in western New York in, like, dairy, in dairy farm area, and, you know, like, over, like, up against... The little mud that sticks up from PA, that was like, you know, as far as the most west, western county in New York. And even people there had that twang. And I'm like, well, you have no right, you have no claim. It's yeah, not it's part weird. of your family's history. <laughs> but uh, with the Disney thing, you know, we were talking about this the other night with the bracelet. Um, and, you know, we were talking about how, and you just touched on it with the indoctrination. Disney has become so immensely powerful as a corporation. And people just don't sit back and think about it because they're Disney. They're happy thoughts. They're fucking castles and Mickey Mouse, and they can actually, you know, Disney as a corporation is so large that people forget they can dictate price to Walmart, Amazon. They're bigger than anybody. Like, they can pull a movie, one of their movies off the shelf and say, you know what? You had their window to buy this. Now we're going to put it back here. If you still have copies, you now have to sell them for, like, four times what you were currently selling them for. And Walmart won't even bat a lash. Toys R Us, for God's sake, has a Disney section now in their store. They don't label it that, but it's all the licensed properties that Disney owns in one section of the store. Well, they're an and amazing just- company from a corporation point of view. If you ever even go to Disney World, uh, men are always fascinated by just how well the whole thing, you know, the transportation system, you don't see the garbage system. I mean, they're really, really good at what they do. They're phenomenal at what they do. And people, like, you know, when Orlando thought, hey, we're going to get, you know, Disney coming here. Do you know how much money that's going to mean to us? No, man. People go into Disney and do not come out. You know, there's like these little hotels outside of Disney that are like 28 bucks a night, you know, just trying to get anyone to stop there. Because you're not, you, you don't want to give up that Disney experience. Well, my wife used to work at uh, Six Flags back when she was in college. She was a walkabout character, like you know, Tweety or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, 
they, you know, she always points it out to me that like any other theme park you go to, look down and every little black dot you see in the pavement at one point in time was a piece of chewing gum. And you go to Disney and you won't see that. They have an entire crew that go around with widgets on sticks and, and solvent spray and their entire job all day long is just to get gum up. That's their entire, that is their job description. But the weird part is you usually do. don't even see the crew doing that. It's almost like they're <laughs> right. doing it uh, under under surveillance. No, here's the uh, yeah, they're under surveillance. That was good. You did good with that with under surveillance. But here's the weird thing: Disney was almost gone in the 1980s. It was almost gone. They were almost going to break the company up and get rid of it, uh, and. Then there was that turnaround. Go back. I think it's called, there's a book, if you're interested in business, called Storming the Magic Kingdom that is fucking fascinating of how close it got back in the Gordon uh, Gecko days of completely breaking up that company. Um, There's also a great documentary. There's a great documentary about um, the the turnaround they had in the animation world and how they really found their footing again. Called I think it's called Waking Sleeping Beauty, and it, it deals with the animators who basically. What was the name uh, of the guy that in, they got from uh, Paramount Eisner. Studios? Was it Eisner? Yeah, Michael Eisner. Michael Eisner? So yeah. we were. I was doing radio down there, right? And. Um, with, they they bring you to Disney when you work in radio and they bring you to Disney. It's phenomenal the way they treat you and your family. And I had you know kids and stuff, and like there was just you know presents showing up at different places, and you bypass the line, and you really you know it's so seductive. But so they said this thing: Hey, Michael Eisner is going to go get a, a give a talk later, and. um it was so my partner at the time I'm like shit we can go hear Michael Eisner talking I was like why would I do that I'm gonna fucking lay at the pool so I go to see this thing get done and so you're sitting in this room with basically other people from the media two fucking dudes come in they got like they're walking in and they bring Eisner in like they were bringing the president of the United States in you know like I couldn't (laughs) believe the kind of security I'm like what did this guy you know what's to worry about you fucking ran Paramount somebody gonna get you over you know I don't know fucking Saturday Night Fever or something who gives a shit so he got up and he started talking about jumping back into the animation business and he kept bringing up Roger Rabbit so many times. And I'm like, what? Sounds like the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> and that fucking was like their first blip. And after that hit, they went into it hardcore until, you know, buying Pixar. Um, you know, just th- seeing what they did. They bought Marvel. They bought fucking George Lucas. And the people don't seem to have a problem. They're like very happy that now Star Wars is Disney. ESPN. Yeah, and, and, and the crazy thing yeah. is Orlando itself is going to get carved up. The theme parks, you know, they're already starting talks about, you know, what what is Islands of Adventure going to do? Are they going to uh, do some sort of weird thing with the Disney parks? Because Islands of Adventure got Marvel uh, as a whole licensed part of their park. So, you know, there's going to be this weird thing where, you know, it's in the works. There's rumors anyway that it's going to... 
they're going to, uh, you know, who's going to get what? How are they going to carve up the rest of, you know, what remains of Orlando? But I think they, they yeah, I think they do that kind of shit on it such a constant basis. I mean, they're really so smart at looking at the future. You know what I mean? Like, like immediately you were, you saw it and you're like, Wait, how could they make? How are they ever going to give back four billion dollars that they they gave to George Lucas? And I'm watching TV last night, and I see like this commercial with the Star Wars characters sitting with the Muppets, and they're all interacting. And I'm like, oh yeah, they own the Muppets too. I forgot about that. You know, Mm -hmm. like what you would think to anyone who gave a shit that would have been blasphemy, but people are just like, yeah, that's the characters. They're all together. You know, I guess, I guess it's all cool. I guess it is a small world. Now it's a small universe. It I is. Do, it is. It's getting smaller all the time, buddy. Talk to you uh, later. Peace. Bye. Um. Here's Tom. Tom in Jersey. Hey, Ron. Uh, you were talking about how like every generation loses. Uh, you know, like in terms of music, every generation they lose something in music. And I was thinking, like, there's a whole generation of kids who are coming up now who get their music directly from iTunes or gets to go directly to their listening device or whatever. And, like, these kids, this whole generation is going to get old. What do you think they're going to be saying, like, when they're... When they're older, they're talking to their... Look, it's, uh, you don't have to even wait for that. If eight-year-olds... Look at the way Shelby uses shit. That it's it would be funny to them. You know what I mean? Like it happens a lot. It happens a lot faster. But I don't know how parents are supposed to give their kids life lessons because it's from a different universe. You know what I mean? You could be giving them the wrong lessons all the time. You could be saying you need to go out and play. I'll, I'll tell you this. I I heard a very weird situation the other day. Somebody that we work with, I'm talking to in the hall, and they live over in Jersey, but kind of western New Jersey where it's it's still a lot of, you know, it's more rural. So someone walks up to us as we're talking, and, and, and I get introduced to that person, and he's like, this is a neighbor of mine. You know, they live in the same neighborhood. The neighbor says to this guy, I saw your kids outside the other day. Um, they were playing. Nobody was with them. And the guy had to say, yeah. And he was like, I just wanted to let you know. Um, <laughs> a couple people have seen them outside before. <laughs> and that was a fucking true thing. And it, he said, yeah, I, I, I let him out. I'm up to play. They're, they're seven and six, and you know they don't leave the neighborhood, so it's cool. But this was a, I'm I, like for me, my mind was blown by that. But it's the way people talk. Somebody that had walked, let their kids walk a mile to a park, was fucking busted for letting their kids walk. That's mind blowing to me. Everything that your grandfather, you know, like 
you know, I remember when like your grandfather would give you a knife, like you, here's six, here's a pocket knife. It's got a corkscrew in it. You're like, I've never had saw anything to corkscrew in my life, but maybe I can put this like in my fist and just like jab it shit with it. But you know, that would be. I remember I had an uncle when I was a little kid who gave me a wood burning set. My mom <laughs> is trying to take it and put it up. He's like, this way you can put your name on all your toys. And you know, like I guess he thought I had wood toys. You know, my mom is trying to hide it up in the closet. We'll get to that later. I'm like, there's a fucking soldering iron up there, I think. I think I can just write my name and stuff. So, it, like, to him, this was like, you're at the age now where you want to start and burn your name into stuff. <laughs> like trees, maybe. You know, enjoy. Enjoy life a little bit. Into your bat. Um, but no, every generation is going to be. I, I don't know what we have to pass on. I don't know if there's anything we can pass on to each other anymore. Well, now you'll see, like, it's always, like, crazy to see a mom just, like, not wanting to deal with her kid and, like, handing her phone to a kid who's, like, slobbering all over their fingers, yet they know how to unlock the iPhone and go to the game. They don't know what any of it means, but they still know all the movements and everything. My, my sister-in-law gave her youngest some i guess it's an ipad i don't even know what they got they're down there in florida like you know barefoot crazy people so but the point was it's not hooked up to the internet she can play the games and stuff like that not hooked up to the internet a little while later my chick gets a fucking email from her <laughs> she had bypassed whatever these parental <laughs> things are and then the following day it's sweetie doing FaceTime with her. Hi! She's not even supposed to be hooked up to anything. You might be laughing, Watley, but you know what that family talks about? What? Your niece. Yeah, she's, your niece she's is, bad. Your niece is a legend. <laughs> My niece is uh, same age and has already committed cybercrime. Um, I don't know whether you're familiar with her... Nickname at school? No. Sluggo. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we'll break here. We'll be right back. Uh, it's the Ron and Fez show. Ron and Fez on Raw Dog. Raw Dog.
It's the Ron and Fez Show. Fez, I'm going to have to just ask you now. This is say Tuesday or Wednesday. Today is uh, Wednesday. Well, I guess we jumped ahead. Yeah, we jumped ahead, so there was no Tuesday this week. Isn't that terrible when you don't know whether it's Tuesday or Wednesday? It's a bad, bad feeling. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, but see, I don't think that I'm crazy. I just feel like I've been doing a lot of shit. You always feel like you go to complete insanity? Um, yeah. Mm. Paranoia, paranoia, everybody out to get me. You know, if there was ever a band that... Why would that make you look sad when it's a hit song from the 90s? You just want... You want to find a reason to be sad. Should I play the Allegiance Gangs for you? I have no idea what... I'm dying to ask you what they said about me. and nice. I, And yet I don't want to hear it at the it same was, time. It was nice. Because I know it can't possibly be good. You had a... You were great this morning when I came in, but then you had a... In the commercial break, you were really down. Yeah. What'd you do? Forget what day it was? No, I knew what day it was. Tuesday, isn't it? No, we jumped ahead this week. Oh we jumped God. ahead 24 straight hours. What if one year we made a mistake and jumped ahead too far? There's that Black Hawk helicopter down in the Panhandle. The Panhandle seems to be uh, a lot of shit happening. You know, everybody's always worried about when somebody in their family goes to a war. But training exercises are pretty goddamn frightening. Just look at... Uh, yeah, just look at it. Yeah. Just look at all the adv- the examples that there are. There's a new ISIS execution video, Fez. I know you're big fans of theirs. Um, here's um, John. John, go ahead. Hey, Ron. Shit, I thought today was Thursday. Um, so I grew up in Alaska about 30 years ago. And um, we used to have woods across the street that you could get lost and die in. And uh, just like any other day, uh, you know, a buddy of mine came over after school. You know, we're probably seven or eight years old. And um, we're heading out the door to play outside, you know. And so I say to mom, you know, see you later, mom. We're going to go play in the woods across the street. And she didn't even turn around. She just said, okay, well, be careful. There's been a bear spotted over there the past couple days. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for some reason, we feel like it's a more dangerous world than ever before. But you're right. You grew up in a place where there was wild animals and flash floods. Yeah. You never say to your kids, flash careful floods. the flash floods. I guess, uh, you know, people in the middle of the country have to look out for those quick twisters. I never had to sit there and, like, look at the sky when I was a kid to wonder... If everything was going to be uh, good or not. Up on the iBank today, another new web series on the couch with Jim Florentine. I think this is just women that he's had sex with, uh, but I'm not sure. Uh, there's also some of the stuff that's happening at South by Southwest, uh, comedy-wise. MTV2 Joking Off has a new comedy game show with uh, some of our buddies. Uh, Mateo Lane's going to be doing it. Uh, Lisa Traeger. And Kevin Hart was named CinemaCon's Comedy Star of the Year. Um, We're at a point now that if something 
comes out as a comedy, it's just being called a Kevin Hart. It'll be like, oh, they've announced their, their Kevin Hart films yeah. for this year. Uh, Kevin Hart far and away above what everyone else is doing. He also, they just found this out. I don't know how they're doing it. He has sold out the state of Alabama. So apparently they're just putting a fence up uh, around Alabama. And then you drive into it, find a place to park, and then watch Kevin Hart do a set. I guess they got big screens because it's pretty hard to see him from to- Tuscaloosa. But there's big screens there as well. They call it Kevstock. What do they call it? Kevstock. That's kind of a, a tie-in with Woodstock, isn't it? Yeah, I thought there'd be some sort of copyright, but apparently they didn't even do it. In no, the you, you're allowed to. You're you are correct around that. You're allowed to use stock, and it's all from livestock. You can't get around it. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna sue you for that for using that. Isn't it really weird that somebody can take some words and own them? You know, like you can own a phrase. It's like a sound and a movement of the mouth, and that's mine. Wait a minute, has anyone ever tried to do that? Just a sound, like I came up with. Like copyright. That would be great, though. That copyright the Doppler effect. You would own money every time somebody drove past somebody. You actually just said own money. Own money. <laughs> I would own that money. <laughs> I own some money. I'm thinking about trading it for goods and services. <laughs> but goods and services is something I don't think you ever say outside of fifth grade. <laughs> but it came up a lot then. That and exports. Why did they give a fuck <laughs> that we knew what their major major exports were? And the gross national uh, product. Did you learn that in fifth grade? I think we were in middle school by you, the time that came up. You were you were advanced because I still don't know what that fucking means. I bet you were in the smart class, huh? No. By that I mean you told on the other kids, <laughs> got some extra fucking things. You took uh, talkers' names. <laughs> Basically, I'll just say this: the skanks were talking about your dating. <sighs> abilities and i'll say chances you know your opportunities doesn't sound like it was a a rosy prospect there well i think they believe them to be slim but they all love you they all adore you and they want you to be better which i don't know whether i'd want that said about me yeah it's probably just best to go out go on about skank business without bringing me up i would feel better that way you just want to watch a couple minutes of it and see? Or would that make you feel worse? That I have the feeling, I have no idea what was said, but I think I would feel worse. I will just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull back uh, the curtain here today uh, and say during the commercial I went out to take what I call a hot, frothy <laughs> piss. You know what I mean? I'm sure. going to use it in a term because I know some people have their family in the car. Fez meets me in the hall and... I'm going to give something away here because you've never heard it on the air, but he started crying about something that I believe was somewhat nice that someone said to him today. (laughs) But you were so hurt and alarmed by it. But then at the end, you actually said you weren't hurt, even though you were more hurt than you are. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was hurt. Alarmed is the absolute correct word. But you realize what a bad communicator you are, right? Yeah. Like, at the end, why does that make you sad? I'm just trying to point out. At the end, I said, well, where did it end up? And you said, 
talk to me about it later, which is not the best, you know, for you to be so upset, but still like leaving it open ended is why people have a tough time understanding you. Yeah, I, pro- I, I should have just closed it. I don't, we're not telling you what to should. It's not supposed to turn into a sad thing. It's a happy thing. All right. It's fucking Tuesday. That means today we're going to be playing two first all day long. You know? It's Wednesday. If I fucking play a Bon Jovi song, I'm going to play another Bon Jovi song. Nice. Two for Tuesday. It's better than my Sticks and Stones weekend that I came up with. Play a Sticks song, then you got to play a Stones song. What day can we get the lead out? I mean, is that... Every fucking day, brother. Thank God. That's up there with Mandatory Metallica. Boom, um, hey, Chuck. What's up, Chuck? Hey, guys. Uh, I just You were talking about owning phrases and owning words and that type of thing. I remember reading about uh, one time Warner Brothers were, was going to sue the Marx Brothers, and I think MGM, for their movie title, Night in Casablanca, because they used the word Casablanca. So Groucho wrote uh, Warner Brothers a letter, uh, you know, not, not telling any lawyers or anything. He just wrote Warner Brothers this letter that said the Marx Brothers were brothers before the Warner Brothers used the word brothers. And he just brought it to a really ridiculous level. Uh, but uh, if you want to search out that uh, uh, Groucho Marx uh, letter uh, yeah. to Warner Brothers. I'm good. Uh, I think funny. I heard enough of it from you. I like it, though. Okay, buddy. I like it. Peace. Peace. Um... Bob in New Jersey. Hey, buddies. Happy Friday. Hey, happy, happy Friday. Uh, hey, Ronnie. I was just curious. Uh, I never hear you talking about uh, gambling. You know, you really open up about all sorts of stories, but uh, I never hear, you know, if you won a lot. Uh, yeah, gambling is better to win than it is to lose. But I actually do not have the gambling addiction. Uh, and I think the reason is... I'm not all that turned on by money as it is. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel so much better if I'm, like, looking, like, look at all this money. Like, I know some people get. It's not, like, a thrilling thing for me to sit there with a bunch of chips, you know? Um, But I hate losing. I hate losing feels more like failure than anything. Like, I just failed. At my prediction, I hate that feeling. And I think it's, but I can bet on a game and it certainly brings up the excitement, but I've never been that guy to, like, I could go to the track every once in a while, get caught up in it, but never want to go back to the track again that season. You know? I see it in people, I get it. I've had friends that are uh, hardcore, I guess you could call them. Gambling addicts, it just never worked that way for me. I'm always amazed at the people that will get, like, just so over-amped over, like, a office football pool. Where if they don't win, they'll, they'll accuse the, uh, you know, who's ever running the pool of cheating. I think that's different than gambling addiction. That's more like board game addiction that you're talking about. Uh, and I, I have some board... I mean, that's the thing of I don't want to lose. That's a lot different than the guy who goes in puts the rent money up because he loves the juice feeling of he could have nothing or everything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that's a feeling I don't understand. Now, if we started to play fucking a board game right now, I would want to win it. You know what I mean? And I would be like, fuck. 
pissed off if suddenly, you know, I'm in jail and Fez got park placed the way I want it. You know what I mean? Like, I get that thing. I have that stupid gene. But I don't have the gene of everybody else is sleeping. I'm going to sneak out and make this bet. Or no one knows that I took the vacation money and put it on Monday Night Football. And if I'm right, we're going to have a better vacation. You know, all that fucking weird addiction stuff. I don't. I just don't have that. With the board game gene, that feels like a born that way thing. Because some little kids... When they're first, pl- they're playing their first board game, shoots or ladders or Candyland. They're like insane if they don't win. Uh, first time my kid played Candyland, he bit his sister. I'll just say that <laughs> and leave it alone. Uh, but yeah, I think some people like to win. You don't care whether you win a board game or not. No, I really get bored at board games. Like a Monopoly game, I just end up wishing it was over. I just really, I can't. Go the whole distance with one. Um, you would be the type of person that I would hate to play a board game with. You know what I mean? I like to play against people who throw themselves into the weirdness of the board game. I think it's fun. I don't think I've ever finished a game of Monopoly. Yeah. I can see that in you. Yeah. I can see that in you 100%. Like, what, how long is this going to go on? We could just be racking up money. There's I would say I hope it never ends. I hope this game of Monopoly never ends. Why are you guys quitting? Because I have all the hotels? Stay. <laughs> you can fucking come back. The, um, uh, I'll just say this because none of us can say what area we came from. So, you know, you're raised by a certain way. It doesn't mean the way you feel now. But anytime growing up, the game of Monopoly had so many racist undertones to it. <laughs> Particularly the first places. The first couple streets that you would... I'll just say... I'll put it in a way that we can all, you know, appreciate. Oh, good... You went and got the ghetto shacks for yourself. <laughs> and I'll, and then that's me cleaning that up. But the weird thing is, if you've ever been to Atlantic City, it's not that far off. You know? They did a really good job of pricing that place. <laughs> but I don't know what to say to people who don't like to play board games. It's just a different thing. But see, I, I, I think that that's different than being a gambling addict. I thought it was along the same lines of I of the win being the payoff, even though a board game there's no cash involved. That's that's where you're wrong. The win is not the payoff for the gambling addict. The win is not the payoff. What is the payoff? Is the feeling right before you find out whether you win or lose? They've they've come down to that exact place, and that's that's why they call it an addiction. That you are addicted to the feeling. Of what happens right before that moment. I remember I was talking yesterday about before the big prize fight fucking mm-hmm. starts. It feels like you're going to throw up. There's so much excitement in the world, and I don't. I I couldn't tell you why a prize fight feels bigger than a World Series game, and I, I you know, but it does. And I think that's the kind of thing that a gambling addict is looking for. I've bet on fights. I've bet on football games. I've never bet baseball. And, you know, I've been to casinos and played every game. And I just can't get... I can't... It feels like luck to me. Where a gambling addict... 
Um, I think study is the game. Study is the whole thing. But it's really after a a feeling. An absolute, you know, exciting feeling that you can get. That has nothing to do with winning or losing. If it came down, oh, if it came down to, if that feeling is like at the end of a football game, you got money on it, this field goal, you, they make it, you get paid off. You, if they miss, you lose. That's a nauseating feeling to me. And you're right, but it's almost like you could say the same thing about using cocaine or using heroin. You know what I mean? Like, those are also nauseating feelings for people who don't appreciate the feeling. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, if you really think about it, being drunk, if you just woke up and started feeling that for no reason, you'd want to go to the hospital. You're like, I don't know what something must have happened to my brain. But because you feel no sense of control over it. So, yeah, I think that's why it, t it ties in with an addiction. Okay. All right. I guess it would be, I would think maybe the same way people love roller coasters. Uh, that one, I want to throw up thrill if you uh, that really, I can't uh, identify if, with. If you think about it, though, what is like the best feeling in the roller coaster right before the drop? That feeling of coming up and the drop is coming is what people who love roller coasters love the most about it. Because that's fucking intense. <laughs> But don't you also think that you have to be a certain age to really enjoy the roller coaster ride thing? Because I remember as being a little kid, just loving it. Mm -hmm. And then, like, from that point on, it decreased every single year. <laughs> Down to now, I'd be like, why would I get on a roller coaster? Why? To stand in line to be in a fucking <laughs> subway car? What are you talking about? Um... There's something to me very embarrassing about seeing an adult on a roller coaster, you know? Without kids? <laughs> yeah. <Or> even... <laughs> and I know people that will take roller coaster vacations. You know what I mean? Like one of those things like we were doing last summer where they'll go out and try to hit eight different parks over the course of their vacation and be on this ride. And like they'll, there'll be some, there's always some new ride that drops faster and farther than anything before. Mm -hmm. And they'll plan a vacation around that. There's a Six Flags like right across the street. Dude, when I... he's a homosexual. <laughs> I don't care if there is a half a dozen of Sorry. them. They're Sorry. people, right, Fez? Yes. And I'm sure there's more than six in your neighborhood. What does that mean? He's Bruce. acting like it was just such a tiny minority. But do you think that it's funny to say that he lives in a gay neighborhood? Or a gayborhood, as you call it? No, I'm saying there's more of us out there than he realizes. Us. Gays. I think you, I think you better watch this Legion of the Skanks then. This makes me want to watch it even less. I think you're making a mistake. I think you're going to love it. Um, here's uh, Brian in Canada. Brian, hey Ronnie, uh, I you know I I've been listening for years and so? I love to talk about addiction. Yeah, um, I've got lots of friends who are professional poker players, and it's been amazing to watch you know three or four become good money managers, and they gamble for a living, but they you know they save, they pay their bills, they're all they don't do all the circus games. They're grinders. They yeah, they're grinders, and then but a bunch of them were like you know rockets in the in the mid 
you know, 2000s kind of thing, 2004 to 2007. They're making, you know, half a million a year. They're in their early 20s. Now they're calling me for jobs, and they want to learn to be truck drivers because uh, they see how I live. And I was always around, but, you know, I would take three vacations a year to go hang out with all my buddies. They were they were taking these vacations every month, it seemed like. But now you can you can just see the switch go off. And then when they go from a... Uh, a poker player to a degenerate gambler, it's so quick. And it's its just like watching someone fall off the wagon drinking. It's its really fascinating to watch. So with uh, with poker playing, you feel like you have a better chance because you're not playing against the house. You're out there looking for marks. It's somewhat closer to betting on Wall Street, which also feels like gambling. Um, but yeah, there are degenerate poker players and there's other poker players who seem like they don't have the addiction button that they're just sitting there playing numbers and percentages which by the way seems like the dullest thing in the world to be involved in all right fez um one of our listeners wrote to young mateo lane who didn't even know that you were gay no. And said, will you take Fez out for a gay night in the city to celebrate your big news, please? This is the problem with Twitter. You talk about something on the show, yep. people take it to people. Now they're bothering Matea Lane with it. And then the lovely Liz Traeger writes, I will drug Fez and Mateo and make them have sex like a puppet master. <laughs> Hashtag creep. I'm willing to let her do that. That makes me uncomfortable, Lisa. Why? If I went and hung out, I would get drugged? Yeah. You get drugged and sex. You get two good things. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Why? You change, man. <laughs> you fucking change, dude. You were always talking about getting drugged and fucked. <laughs> that was you back in the day. Back in, You were fucking back in the day, kid. You were taking dope. Swinging soap on a rope, like the Pope. You'd like to be down on your knees, all fucked up, just one dude after another. <laughs> we might have to watch that thing, Fess. We might have to watch that video. Do you have any idea how long they they kept talking about me? Three and a half hours. Oh God. Is that too long? Yes. Or too short? It's too long. Who's the favorite of all your Legion skanks? Big J. Not anymore. Okay. <laughs> She's really getting teased here. Yeah, I know. But you never know with Fez whether he's going to appreciate... I'm still, after knowing you all these years, I'm still, like, one day I'll go... I'll say to Fez, that's the dumbest thing I'll ever, I've ever heard. And he will laugh along with me. And then one day I'll say, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'll just see him like, yeah, I'm dumb. I don't know why. So I never know whether it's ball busting fun or you saying it is, you know, your whole life sucks. Yeah, I have very little control over the emotions at this point. And yet you're the only one who can control them. We can't get it. We can't bring anyone else in to control your emotions. We've had a lot of people try to teach you how to control them, and you fire them. Yeah. 
I'm going to write you a prescription right now. Don't worry. It's not something that you've ever gotten before. But just take it. And if you want, keep it in your wallet. And when you feel bad, take that prescription. Drugs and fucking? (laughs) Drugs and fucking, huh? Sounds like a great idea. Drugs and fucking. Yeah. Drugs and fucking. Lots of drugs, lots of fucking. I think you'll feel great. Drugs and fucking, I will. Uh, Jack in D.C. Hey, Ronnie B. When you just hit uh, Fez with the, you've changed, man. I'm reminded of my very favorite line out of Jackie Brown after, uh, after Samuel Jackson shoots De Niro in the gut. They're sitting in the van. De Niro's sitting there dying, and Samuel Jackson just says, What happened to you, man? You used to be beautiful. <laughs> you know, that fucking movie is as underrated as Joe List told the lie about David Bowie. That movie is underrated because we're used to so much, you know, we're comparing Quentin to Quentin all the time. But there's some funny shit in that movie. Um... Todd, NPA. Hey, buddy. Uh, you were talking about that uh, the addiction to gambling in, so? in the moment just before uh, you win or lose. Uh, just TV a story. Capital- What's yeah. that? Yeah. What do you got? Yeah. Uh, the TV game shows are capitalizing on that. If you watch any of them, like uh, Deal or No Deal or Millionaire or anything like that, that moment just before they announce whether the person has won or lost, they keep dragging it out more and more and more and longer and longer, that moment of uh And we'll be right back with this. Oh, we all say. <laughs> yep. There was a deal or no deal that I watched that this motherfucker took it all the way to the end. And he was yeah. basically betting everything on it. And I swear to God, it was as good as the end of the last Super Bowl. You know what I mean? It was like you could not fucking believe it. I was cheering for this guy, cheering for him, right? Go! Go, you crazy motherfucker! (laughs) And by the end of it, I'm yelling at my TV, I hope you lose! I hope you fucking end up with nothing! You son of a bitch! And then he did lose. He basically was making a zero or million dollar bet. Yeah, and he had hundreds of thousands of dollars when he's making the best, and, he and that's fucking, what makes a great host is yeah. they can you know play the audience and everybody at home. But here's the thing: if you look at Howie, yeah, great host, but also you're kind of an awful person, not just to say, dude, please don't do this. You know? Oh what yeah, I mean? He's, I mean they're like a drug dealer. They're a pushover. Yeah, he's a drug dealer, yeah. but a drug dealer in Amsterdam where it's legal and you know the person has the right to choose. But you had to be looking at a crazy person. But I had turned on that son of a bitch, and it was just fucking spitting at him <laughs> because like, why are you doing this? Because you know they show your family. You know, there was these other, you know, fat loser people in his family that could have used a little bit of fucking cheese. You know. Well, they oh, we're like say, Romans at the Coliseum. We want to see the lion eat that motherfucker. I know. It brings out the worst in us, doesn't it? Just totally. like sports, you know, when you're watching boxing or football, it brings out the worst in you. But here's my theory about that. Maybe that keeps us from doing violent things in real life. Maybe it keeps us from, you know, hitting someone or, in Shelby's case, rape, or in Fez's case, Taking some drugs and letting the fucking eight weird dudes just pull train on his mouth and asshole. 
Uh, see this video that someone sent us about the difference between 47 degrees uh, in the summer or winter. Sometimes there's these things that people just send you and you're like, is this important? Does it matter? Um, all right. I just got a text that we're going to drop blurred lines uh, and go into the beginning of got to give it up. That's how long it took that text to get to me. <laughs> and a text that was sent, what, five feet away? Thank you, technology. Now, don't I wish I had this wrapped around my wrists, <laughs> taking it everywhere with me? All right, let's watch this video. Forty-seven. Yeah. That's him in March. Forty-seven degrees. Freezing. October, March. Going back and forth. It is true that right has 47 degrees between the two seasons. Ridiculous. That is the absolute feeling. When it warmed up this past weekend, I saw more people outside than I had seen in months. And by warm up, it got into the upper 30s and 40s. Because it feels phenomenal. Because it's 30 degrees different than what it was before. It feels unbelievable. It's not bone-searingly cold. It's it must, it must feel like if you're being shot with a machine gun, those last couple bullets, you're like, that's not so bad. <laughs> I mean, there for a while, it was really coming in strong. Fez, we haven't gotten into your goddamn head. What's going on with Fez Watley today? Are you okay? You're you're up and down. Yeah. You know, I'm I I want to throw it to another commercial break, but I'm afraid because you might be sad again. I don't want to catch you during a commercial. Um, Google was talking about how. Wait a minute, Google's talking to you. Google is speaking to me, and one of the things that Google wants to get into next, besides self-driving cars and Google Glass and everything else, is the anti-aging industry. Keeping people alive longer, and they think that with certain programs and drugs and that sort of thing, they could, people could eventually live to be 500 years old. Yeah, but we've heard that our whole life, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They don't have anything for it. Just the other day, someone said, I could do a head transplant. I'm wondering, though, does it? Uh, would the times of life... Get expanded, not phys- not physically, like, but would your adolescence last like the first hundred and fifty years of your life? Now, well, no, why would they? My knees have hurt since I was fifteen. You're not going to get out of that. I was thinking more mentally, where it's like, all right, you know, it's you're coming up on two hundred years old. It's really time you figured out something to do with your life. You really have to get some focus. We have, don't you think that people are younger? 
like or at least more immature longer now where they don't have to do stuff yeah like, but you know it's funny i was just watching uh singles last night which was made in 1962 and there are people like i'm 24 and i haven't got it figured out and i feel you know i still have roommates and i'm watching tv and i'm going and now that it doesn't matter to you now that you're this age like why do you give a fuck why does everybody make what is this measurement we're doing it against ourselves you know do you feel like you've grown up yet? No, I, I, no, I don't feel mature in my head. And now, I, get, I mean, we pretty much have to look at you and said you blew your shot ever to reach maturity. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do it now. <laughs> yeah, I don't so, have another four hundred, you know, seventy years. So I'm going to do what St. Peter. I'm going to give you. I'm not going to fail you. I'm going to give you an incomplete for your life, and I want you to make it up in the summer. This summer. Um, With that head transplant, it would seem like a good idea until you like have to eat wings or something. Because then it's somebody else's body and you're licking their fingers. Yeah. Like I, I could have like a strong dude's body, but the thought of another guy putting his hands in my mouth, that's off, off the table. You put droplets of acid into your eyeball. You're open to anything. By the way, Kathleen from the Bronx wrote to me, Drugs and fucking? You bet I will! <laughs> and then she writes, P.S. Why wouldn't Fez just do the line? Was there a reason, Fez? I, I'm sorry. I thought I was. I thought you just wanted to leave me hanging. No. I made just up, couldn't think. I made up the P.S. It's not there. Would she ever say anything to hurt your feelings? No. Good. That would be the last friend for Fez to get rid of. That's the last... Like, if this was some kind of murder mystery, there would be (laughs) one name left on it. Kathleen from the Bronx. And I would be driving to her house right now. (laughs) I figured it out! (laughs) Kathleen is the last name on the list! You know, I just... You know, while then it's cutting to a shot of her, you know, and she's, like, not paying attention. She's not looking out for it. Fez is just... (laughs) With a sniper rifle up on the roof. Kathleen! And that is the way I yell, so it would come out that way. And then you arrive at the house, and like the people think that you're going to save her, but the shooting really took place like an hour ago. That has never happened in a single fucking movie. Yes, it has. What yes, movie? It has. Wait, wait, let's stop yes, it there, Fez. Fez, Fez. Yes, it has. <laughs> That's fucking gayer than anything Fez has ever said. That happens all the time. <laughs> It's in every movie. <laughs> oh, my stars and garters. I'm trying to fucking save Kathleen, and you two are out gay in each other. That makes me think I'd get to that leading to the skanks, huh? It's going to be your choice, Fess. The lady or the tiger? Which one's the tiger? The lady is the tiger. That's, oh, that's there's the no win th- here. No, no, here's what happened. This whole thing already got decided an hour ago. You were d- late by an hour. Yes, it has. <laughs> <laughs> See, it is happening. You are one fucking effeminate prick. Live in those gay neighborhoods, as we learned Here's earlier. Here's the thing. I know. If Fez, if you could put your desires into his young twink body, you might finally be fucking happy. For a and head I, swap. Yeah, it would be all yeah, set. Yeah, a head swap, you'd still have Fez's head. What did you just look around? What did <laughs> What did you just look around that that was so frightening? 
uh, my the sound dropped on my ears for a second. Is there a message, Fez? I didn't get one. Did you see what he just did? No. As I'm talking to him, he <laughs> turns and looks up at the thing as if somebody heard a ghost voice coming at him. A scary goose voice. There was some guy on the elevator today who what did... What I have no idea, but he did the stereo... I haven't seen this in a long time if we're uh, trying to move forward against homophobia. He did the limp wrist move. While doing a gay voice. I haven't seen anyone try to pull that stupid gag off since Norman fell on Three's Company. Alright, act it out for us. So, I'm you, I'm in the elevator, he's in the elevator, right? Right. So go ahead and do it. So, um, we're in the talking elevator, the new one. And so... (laughs) Sorry. Go ahead. And he's mocking the elevator's voice. Right. So we get to the ground floor, and he goes, Lobby! And f- and yells it out in front of a crowded elevator and does the big limp wrist move. I gotta admit, that's really fucking funny. That's really good. Did everybody it, crack up? No, no one cracked up. People just stared at him. Here's the weird thing. Since he probably works for NBC or with NBC, you could get him fired if you were that fucking cruel. Like That's a good idea. Yeah. You should just win like this. Yo ass just made fun of homos. <laughs> like, it's really funny to me when people do black voices, but 1970s black voices. <laughs> I remember the first time my kids saw Robin Williams, like, doing a black character, and they're like, what is he doing? And I'm like, I go, he's doing, like, a black guy's voice. He goes, black people don't talk that way. And I, I went like this. But they did. <laughs> I swear to you. They did. Um, all right, I got a spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Shots fired. Spy report. Spy report. Shots fired. Spy report. Spy report. At the man, uh, the Miami Beach mansion. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Shots fired at the Miami Beach mansion of. Little Wayne, Little Wayne. Spy report, spy report. Early reports are saying as many as four people shot. Uh, spy report, spy report. But Lil Wayne is never too far from trouble. Shouldn't it be a spy report if there's no gunfire at Lil Wayne's house? See, that's the kind of racism I don't like to be around, Shelby. That's your generation's racism. Uh, TMZ is... Uh, already reporting this, and I will say this. TMC never seems to be wrong about anything. Um, And they're everywhere. Police are rushing to Lil Wayne's Miami Beach mansion after someone called the cops and said they intended to start a firefight with officers. The person said that four people had already been shot um, so that's going on now as we sit here. We'll be right back. Uh, I think Mike Racine is stopping by today. Yeah. And then also, uh, whether Fez decides or not, uh, decides to view the Legion of Skanks. It's around Fez show. Ron and Fez on Raw Dog Comedy. It's 
Dana Fez show on a Wednesday. Mike Racine is here with us. Hey, how you doing? Uh, I'm going to tell you how I'm doing. I'm a little upset right now with you, Mike. Why? Where's the sauce? Oh, I should have brought some. Where's right? the sauce? Yeah, I should have. I should have brought some in. You uh, are doing the uh, Sunday Sauce Show uh, at the stand, but you've become famous for your sauce. Who you make it with? You and your brother? It's well. It's I call it Racine Brothers Pasta Sauce, but yeah. it's just me. What? We had the idea to do it together, right? And then. Uh, and then he moved back to Jersey, so I just did it myself. But I think something like like the image of one guy making sauce by himself is a little weird. It's a little sad, right? It's a little you can't sad and it. weird, yeah. yeah. But you should put on the back of the label, really, only one of the brothers. Maybe. Now, do you have to go through any... Do you have to go through legal things to put out your own sauce? No, I don't think so. I mean, we give it away for free at the uh, at the stand. Yeah. Everybody who, who buys a ticket gets one. All right, I'm gonna let and it pass. I, I really time. don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> yeah, I it's probably not. The, it's probably should have brought it to you up to you off the air. Because normally when there's consumables, no, I know, but I cook it in a in an industrial uh, safe kitchen. It's not. Yeah. I, don't, I don't cook it at home. Whose recipe is this? It's my recipe. It's not grandma's recipe. I wish you... I could say it was, but yeah. it's, it's not. It's my recipe. What? How, how? How good are you that you could come up with your own recipe like this? I just made it a bunch of times and yeah. you know figured out. I mean, it's not that hard. Tomato sauce. Yeah, I know. Got to use the right stuff for you to be, to be, feel like this is a special sauce that every. I mean, you're like fucking Paul Newman now, where you're acting yeah, like yeah, my yeah, thing yeah, is right. so good. I feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to explain to people around the country. Mike Racine is so goddamn funny that it's scary. You did, I saw you do a set that was so funny and so bold that um, I just meant the mental note. I'm going to follow your career forever now. Oh, thanks. Because you're that goddamn funny and that different. Now, Fez, you're a little different. Yeah. But in a sexual way. What he does it is through comedic purposes. Like you went outside the box, literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With what you decided well, near you the box. You don't like the box. No, don't care for it. That's hard to believe. Yeah. That's like hearing like sometimes you run into people and they're like, "I don't like butterscotch," and you're like, "What the fuck are you talking about? How can we even start at this point?" I never realized how different I was until you just put it that way. Yes, you don't like butterscotch. That would sound crazy. Yeah. That's right up there where I don't like pussy. That's where it is the same. <laughs> Like if I was talking to candy people and somebody brought up butterscotch, I go, "It's like hearing some like someone said I don't like pussy." You know, it's like someone said, "No, no pussy for me." But do you have any disgusting cock in the back? <laughs> some sweaty balls, yeah. Put this cock between the sweaty balls. It's hard to understand, and I'm saying that not knowing whether you're gay or not, Mike. I'm just gonna. I'm know, not gay. It's too bad because you got to look for it. You know what I mean? If you wanted to, it's a fantastic look. All right, I got to get an update on the Little Wayne shooting. Two things. Supposedly Little Wayne isn't there, and maybe there's no shooting going on. And maybe it's not even Little Wayne's house. Those are important updates. Yeah. It seems like... There's like a good chance that happened. Yeah, yeah. You could say this any day and feel okay (laughs) about it. TMZ jumped, and I'm going to leap right in behind him. I'm going to leap on him every time. But we'll give you updates of the mistaken report as the morning uh, rolls along. Uh, Fez, let's give a nice plug to Mike Racine. I don't know whether you want to get into your announcing thing, but I'd like to hear something beautiful from Mike and everything that he's doing. Mike Racine's Sunday Sauce Show is this Sunday, March 15th, at the Stan Comedy Club in New York City. Mike Vecchione's going to be there, Dan St. Germain. Who, by the way, raved about your sauce. Oh, did he? Yeah. Nice. I think he said he paid for it, though. He did.
Well, yeah. what do I? Uh, yeah. <laughs> But what are you charging? What are you charging from for him? Well, I mean, I wish that I wish I could keep the prices a little lower, but yeah. you know, I'm paying just myself for this stuff. So right. like, I have to buy mason jars like from the hardware store, you know, and so, they're a dollar each. Okay. So I it's the the little sixteen ounce jars are six bucks, and the big ones are eleven. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get eleven dollar jar from him. I'm gonna give you a twelve. This All is right, a, you know what I mean? Treat it like a Kickstarter. Classy. Yeah. So, because I believe in this kid, I think he's going places. And I went, I went through all the proper like legal yeah. channels and everything. I think we're fine. Yeah, yeah, everything's better. You talk to your lawyers, <laughs> your that. accountants, your tax. But you people. said that th- you asked me that on the air, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was smart. That was a smart move for me to do. So the Sunday Sauce Show uh, featuring uh, come on, my, like a nice announcement. Right. You, you you sound like you just like like you you showed up drunk at work and you're stumbling through this. Give it to us like a beautiful announcer would do. The Mike Racine Sunday Sauce Show is nice. at the Stand this Sunday, March fifteenth. The Stand Comedy Club in New York City featuring Mike Vecchione, Dan St. Germain, Gary Goldman, and Adrian Iappalucci. Jesus, that's a great show. That that's is a, a t- huge that's show. A TV special. Go to thestandnyc.com for tickets and more information. Remember, everyone gets a leaves with a free bottle of uh, Mike Racine's spaghetti sauce. MikeRacine.com and at MikeRacine on Twitter. A large or a small? Everyone gets a small. All right, fix that in the, in right. the copy. Fix that in the copy. If you're a party of two, I can give you a large. Hold, hold on. Parties of two. Okay. Get a nice large. Uh, do you MC this show or how do you do it? Yeah, I MC. You like all these people? They're great. They're all great. All right. Dan St. Germain's in town from uh, L.A. We used to be roommates. Oh, is that right? I love him. He's a great kid. Yeah, yeah. And let me tell you something, though. Uh, if I if you looked at this, and let's say in a Chip Kelly way, who would you start trading out if you had to? Who would you get rid of? Because I think Gary Goldman, he's great. Yeah. The shoulders starting to go, the knees, the ankles. I mean, I think he's peaked. But, I think we get a re- get rid of him now while we have trade bait. But trade out for who? I'm going to look at this position. I'm going to give you a name, and believe it or not, he is available, Ron Funches. Ron Funches oh, could yeah. come in and do that, and he's prepared to do it. Okay. He wants to get out of that damn show that he's in. Undateable? He's in, he's in some crazy show <laughs> he wants no part of. Um, Fez, did you want to... Have you, you've done the Legion Skank show, right? Uh, no. You don't like those guys? No, we're cool. But... I'll do them. I'll do it eventually. I haven't... I've never been asked. Now, apparently... Why wouldn't they ask you? I don't know. I feel like I should manage your show. I'm going to give something away right now. When I was a judge, you you know, Fez, when you get appointed to the judgeship like that, it's a big deal. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was accumulation my entire career took me to that, to sit on the bench for that. I gave Mike Racine 100%. A perfect and score. A perfect score. And wrote underneath of it, couldn't have been any funnier. It was a perfect set, in my opinion. But that's I lo- nice. The huge, the huge room laughs weren't there, but maybe that's, that's what I'm like I so loved. original. That was part of what I loved about it. <laughs> yeah, that they were so weirded, weirded out, out by your material. I've seen that happen before. Yeah, I've seen that happen before, and uh, it just means that they have to uh, um, catch up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, now there is some Legion of Skanks. Uh, Fez, where they were talking about you. Yeah, and I don't understand why. 
It's up to you whether you want to hear this or see it. I don't know. You say they're all good guys, right? They're good guys, yeah. Yeah. Because what do you think? I mean, you and Jay are practically, you're practically his aunt, his spinster aunt. I'm a big Jay fan. My curiosity is uh, overwhelming my anxiety here. I, I, this will kill me either way. I, I would like to hear what they said about me. No, they had a special guest on with them, and they were all having fun with it. So, Shelby, you're going to go through and pick up some of these, and you, yes. you give me the big hand signal when you know that you got it. Right. Um, Mike, do you do a lot of these podcasts? Yeah. Who's got the best podcasts out there, in your opinion? Like, uh, like among my peers, or, yeah, uh, among I mean, just yeah, among your peers, guys that the shows that you go in and do, and you're like, oh, this is a fun show to do. Uh, I mean, Sam Morell has a good a good podcast, but they just, they come they come and go so quickly, you know. Yeah, Sam's got, always got like 95 projects going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my friend Tim Dillon and I are doing a we're doing a food podcast this year. What about? So that'll be fun. Like we just you just making sauce? Things. No, we just talk about all things like food related. You're you know? a food guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, last night for the first time ever, I made uh, Korean wings, right? Okay. It, please turn the sound down. Shell, you got to keep you in the game, buddy. You got to push that button over there you so push it's not the, bleeding through. You got to push the button like you're like you're in radio. All right, here's the thing about Korean wings. You like wings, right, Fuzz? Love them. This thing was like eating candy. It was like, this, the, by the time it all got in, it felt like a piece of candy with the chicken in the middle. I got it, you know, it was supposed to be the best recipe, and I'm like, well, no wonder people like this. People like to eat candy. I don't know mm. if I could eat it as a meal, and I certainly wouldn't make it if I had a bunch of guys coming over uh, for, you know, football or something. A, it takes a while, it's a little gooey, and then B, it's very expensive by the time you get to the end of it. After you're like, candied bacon? Yeah, that's easy to make. See, you make all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, that's not hard. You just rub uh, brown sugar on bacon. Now, this is what I don't understand. Are you going to be a good catch, or are you going to be bad for a woman? Is a woman going to huh. like you because you cook, or not like you because you beat her? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's a, it's a toss-up. <laughs> you're going to be getting both. Um, so where are we putting this up at on the on Twitter? On the Ron and Fez Twitter. All right, this is... The skanks, the legion of skanks. Fezzy, wipe that look off your face. This could be very, very fun and happy. I can't imagine that it is. So the legion of skanks, all I have is the audio in here. Uh, this is them, when they start to talk about Fez, how it leads into them. You you were watching yesterday, right? Yeah. All right, so this is the legion of skanks. All the skanks have been on our show before. Uh, so all great guys. All uh, fans of yours, Fezzy, so I think this should go nice. Standalone pastry. What, but it does not need to stand alone pastry. Stand alone. Stand alone pastry. You know what? I'm going to stop yeah. or I'll, I will make an enemy. He'll be so mad. But <laughs> then what people didn't see is Fez took the Twinkie and just squeezed the cream out all over his face and just enjoyed the shit. Uh, out I of wish it. he would. I wish Fez would just squeeze <laughs> no. the cream on his face. I wish he would just do You guys laugh, but that I was a big so moment bad. for him. He's I been working up to that for years. I want so bad for Fez to be happy. I do too. Who does it? I think everyone oh, wants so bad. to be happy. He's a pleasant, nice guy. <laughs> you know, who decided very late in life to come out. Yeah. You know, gay sex is for the young, and I really <laughs> believe this. True. I think like two That's science young right there. guys, abs. 
pecs, just fucking each other. That's fine. When it's old, it's more emotional. Like, you didn't get my robe and soup. And they're upset with each other because of that. Young guys are just like, I hate you. You hate me. Let's fuck in the ass. Dude, I just, oh, these old gay guys. Old shit. gay guys. I thought we were going to go sweater shopping wait, wait, today. Yeah, wait a what do you mean you go rock climbing oh, with sorry. another friend? It's as miserable as a heterosexual couple. It's terrible. I thought we were going to get sandwiches for lunch. Yeah. What do you mean you're going jogging? When, when, when men take the joy of dick out of their life, it's just a relationship. Yeah. And it's just as bad as any other and one. And Fez is past desiring to fuck yes. really bad. Yes. Uh, 20, 25-year-old Fez, eat <laughs> cock. That's right, eating cock. No, Fez needs to fuck a young... <laughs> He's dicks away. Oh, all over New York. Here's, here's the problem. <laughs> Fez needs a young, submissive guy, but he's not dominant enough. Like, he needs right, a young right. dude who's going to be like, all right, get all your fucking, you know, years of backed up gay shit out exactly. on me. But he's too, like, timid to, to, like, go get that guy. Get on your knees. I, I want him to be happy. No. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you want to do then. I'll run off and call Ronnie. But you're right. You're, you're absolutely right about he does, Yeah, he's hey, not. In, he doesn't name. care about fucking, really. I think. No, he I wants to have an emotional he wants thing. An emotional gay relationship. But he wants it with like a kid who's wearing like you know a blinky pacifier has glitter on his chest, <laughs> which is just not going to happen. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? He wants like a young pretty boy. He does, but he wants a young pretty boy, but in an emotional way, which is not going to happen. It ain't going to happen. I young think pretty gay boys off fucking. No, yeah. Look, he we all guy, know he, needs he wants guy. Ron. Okay, that's yeah. what he wants. He wants and a, he'll never get him. He wants a burly. You just made an enemy, my friend. That's it. Yeah, it's, it's our anniversary. <laughs> six months and no card, <laughs> and the fucking young guy is just like a baby's <laughs> arm clutching an apple. He's just standing there, rigid. <laughs> and Fez is just Why didn't you tell me you love He does He just needs a good fucking I thought we were taking Kmart portraits today <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Glamour Shots <laughs> I love Fez though Oh of course the, the Dude, we're all, I, no, I really We don't. are There's absolutely nothing to fix We're all rooting for Fez Fuck man I love, Dude cause I love our buddy We him to do well Our yeah. uh, friends of uh, all three of our uh, the, uh, friend of ours, uh, Mike, like lives in Chelsea. I just... Well, what, yeah. uh, why would we end with a friend of ours lives in Chelsea? Uh, Fez, I don't think they got too personal. I think it was fine. I thought they got really personal and out of line, and I didn't appreciate it. Are you saying about the part where they brought up my name? Yeah, I, I can see that why that would offend you. But other than that, I thought it was uh, very nice. They all said that they want you to do well. There's one more clip. Uh, a, a certain word might be said. Uh, that's bragging because, and I'll be honest, uh, gay guys finding you attractive is uh, like a guy's dream. That yeah. means you're attractive. Yeah. I've never had it, you faggots. <laughs> I don't. I've never <laughs> once. <laughs> they no, throw never, it out. Never. Wow, oh, dude. And stop I was it. sucking his dick. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's all in fun. Legion of Skanks, uh, they do their big show uh, every two. Is it Tuesday nights? Tuesday nights over there at uh, at the creek. And um, to me, the favorite part of the show is seeing their audience, their frightening <laughs> audience.
Not since Daytona Beach Bike Week have I seen an audience that I've ever said I would want to, you know, let's sit in that crowd by them. But I didn't think it was too bad, did you, Mike? <laughs> Why aren't you speechless? I don't know. You don't. You, know, you thought it might? They might have went a little too far. No, I. I uh, you just don't I, want I to comment. Bad. I don't want to comment. You yeah. don't want to comment. You want to get along nice with Fez. You want to get along nice with Skanks. Fez, you didn't take it that bad, right? Yeah, I took it really to heart. I thought it was really mean spirited and nasty. I don't know what the fuck Dave Smith thinks he's saying. Um, well, I think he was joking. Uh, oh, Fez wants Roland. Is that what he said? No, he said Fez wants Ron. Oh, it's it's just mean. Whatever they're saying. Seriously, if you think that you're offended that he wants Ron, that would be no. No, no, I'm gonna feel a little bad here. No, it's just trying to. Um, it's trying to humiliate me, drag you into it. Fez, I'm not humiliated. I am. I just didn't appreciate the talk. What bothered you the most about it? <laughs> oh, now good, you want to comment no, on that's it. That's a good question. He's curious. What bothered you the most? Um, the, the whole, um, I love Fez. I want him to be happy, but here I'll sit and talk shit about him being an old guy who hasn't, you know, found anyone to have sex with yet. The, the two-facedness of it. You could hear Dave Smith saying it the most. I love Fez. <laughs> he does love you. Uh, yeah, it's obvious. He tried to find you a date or something like that, I think. And then they have their friend Mike lives in Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Friends of all of them. So they can't be homophobic. They get along with everybody. Yeah, that's their fucking past. You feel oh, like sometimes... We, know, we so- know a guy in Chelsea, so we can say all the shit about Fez that we want. Maybe sometimes gay people are like the butt of the joke, you know? I never even noticed that. Does that come up sometimes with gay people? Like that, they're the butt of the joke? Sometimes, yeah, that's what they say. Because I always thought that they, they were the witty ones to get, you know, they're like, just like snapping a whip of that wit, you know? Like look at her shoes or something like that, you know? I guess. I don't know. Uh, I guess we should ask the Legion of Skanks. They seem to know all about gays. One time I saw gays uh, making fun of the way Neil Armstrong dressed when he was walking on the moon. Said it looked like he looked like an exploring baked potato. I'm like, he has to wear that fucking suit. You know, you gotta breathe up there. How do you think you felt like Jay was there for you, though? Uh, no, Jay, Jay was another one who went and did the, um, oh, I love Fez. I mean, and he knew that it was going to hurt me because he's telling Dave Smith to stop and well, Dave nice. Smith doesn't even stop. Well, and neither did Jay. I'll tell you somebody who was there for you the whole time. Puerto Rican rattlesnake, the real ass dude. <laughs> he didn't say anything. I didn't hear yes. the real ass dude defend me. <laughs> but he didn't, like, he, you know, he probably was in shock. But you at least have to say he was your number one defender. Oh, by not saying anything? Yeah. Uh, I guess by default. Luis J. Gomez wins it all. I thought it came off okay. I think it's nice to know... I thought it came off homophobic. Don't you think it's nice to know that your friends are worried about you? Oh, no. It's nice to know that your friends sit there and laugh about you behind your back. All right. Now you're starting to sound a little feminine, Fez. That's what I worry about. Mike Racine, it's his first trip here, and he has now crawled back to the couch. But if it was a joke Sorry, about... An, yeah. That's okay, but it, I mean, if it was a joke about two, two straight people, two yeah. old straight people, the way they yeah. have sex, 
I don't know. I don't know if that would, but I'm not an old. I'm not an old guy. I got this boyish youth, you know. You got everything. I'm a beautiful young man, <laughs> so I don't know. You're fucking I guess really, gorgeous. You do have to have some empathy, I guess, yeah. for but old like you, people, gay people. Well, here's the thing: if like you just turned on the show, you're like, "Hey, I want to see what the skanks are up to," and you're know mm-hmm. saying stuff about saying stuff about your salt sauce, my sauce. Like, like, oh, well, I do get a little, <laughs> I do get a little defensive <laughs> yeah. about it. If just because you're using too much onion, just because I shouldn't, yeah. I don't put onion in it. Yeah. But really? just because at this point in my career, that's unusual. Usual, don't you think? <laughs> it is. Just at this point in my career, I shouldn't be selling sauce out of a backpack, but I am. So that's why I'm a little touchy about so it. Really, so we all have our things. Yeah, you're almost the gay of comic Italians when you think about it. Right. You know, so everybody's no, got their thing, Fez. Yeah. Right? We're all in this together. I don't feel together with anyone. All right, now I feel bad because I'm the one who said, I thought maybe you'd get a kick out of it. Now I feel a little responsible. Would you accept an apology from them if they... Uh, They'll apologize at a drop of a hat, those Yeah, of course guys. they will, those pussies. They have no honor. They're cowards. They have no honor, and then they'll say it again. Yeah. It wouldn't, it wouldn't matter. I know what they're thinking now when they leave here after... After they get their plugs. But here's the thing, Fez. They're talking about you for... These are four of the funniest guys working today, and they're talking about you. That's That says a lot about your career, you know? Yeah. That I means mean, that I... you're interesting to them. And every one of them says they dig you in a big, big way. Not sexually, mm-hmm. unfortunately, because that'd be great. But the real ass dude, the Puerto Rican rattlesnake, he's offered to do things for you. He said that you could. Did he say he would sexual lick the, things? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He just said that he would lick the back of Fez's balls or let you lick the back of his. I think I was supposed to lick his. <laughs> <laughs> All right, whatever. But you can see that he's not serious. You know, he tries to throw it out there as like some sort of legitimate thing, like he cares about me, wants me to get past this look. thing, and then sits there and participates in that. Look at look at where the frame is freeze. They're uh, just howling. Well, it's uh, it's audio, so we don't even know who's all on there. I have no idea. There is no frame. Um, but see, here's the thing. Let me tell you this story about a friend of mine. I'll just call him Petey, because that's his name. He had an overweight sister that the kids used to throw rocks at at the fucking bus stop. And he used to leave his house early so that he could get down to the bus stop and chuck some of the rocks because he wanted to go along mm-hmm. with everybody. And I think that's the way you got to look at Louis J. Gomez. The that doesn't Rican make rap- what Petey did right. Oh, I thought it was right. I thought the whole point of that was he was a survivor. Sometimes you have to survive, go along with the crowd. I mean, if and he brings, isn't even that Puerto Rican. He's like half white or something. He's like half Irish right? or something. Yeah. I thought he was 100% Sorry. Puerto Rican. No, no way. No, no, no. Fuck. Sorry to blow his spot up. Yeah, so <laughs> he's not even enough. a real ass uh, dude or Puerto Rican. He's the half Puerto Rican rattle. He's like a gardener steak. At this point. Yeah. His kid is only like a quarter Puerto Rican. But yeah. he, he looks full on. I have know. no idea. <laughs> All right, who is, uh, who's on, uh, who are you most mad at? Uh, Dave Smith. All right. Let's fuck, fuck with him a lot. He's a really attractive dude, smart writer. Uh, 
That's not really fucking with him. But I'm just fucking spitballing right now, Fez. I haven't got to it yet. Dress is great. Um, seems like he's got a lot of respect in the industry. I don't know. I mean, these things are going to come up, you know, as we keep trying with it. You feel like Dave maybe just went for like the the cheap laugh, and it was at your expense. What was the what was the what was the thing that got to you? His um, where where Jay told him to stop, and he wouldn't. Mm. That he thought it would be funnier to keep going. All right, let me read because they've typed this up for me. What's that called when they type stuff up? A I transcript. Got, I got a transcript of this. Uh, look at Fez. He's so old and so gay. I guess nobody wants to be with him. He wishes he could gargle jizz, but I bet they wouldn't even go- let him gargle shit. Say <laughs> it wouldn't. Ma- I'm just making that up. That didn't even happen. I I wouldn't be shocked to hear it was an actual transcript. I think it went well. I thought it sucked. Mike, uh, this is uh, Mike Racine sitting in. There was who were you in with last time? Uh, Dave Smith. Oh Jesus oh, yeah. Christ! <laughs> yeah. I forgot all about that. Because yeah, guys, he's a good friend. Yeah. Well, they had their arms around well, each other. We were put in here together. We didn't. We didn't. Uh, is that right? Yeah. Because yeah. Because it was for the for the um. The oh yeah, I didn't know that he. But I, I don't know if they said anything against Fez that they wouldn't say about themselves Jesus, or about those somebody guys else. Show each other their asses. Yeah, they fuck yeah. around. Poor Jay started crying about something the other day. And they all made up videos about it. That's what they do. Yeah. You know? Jay's taunt me about the fucking Eagles falling apart, and he's an Eagles fan. That's gallows humor, Fez. But at least everybody likes you, knows who you are. Well, they may know who they who I am, but uh, it's just obvious there they don't like me. They love you. They seem like they were on your side. Yeah. That's, that's a real uh, easy excuse to say that you're on your side, that you mm-hmm. like somebody, and then just trash them. Mm-hmm. All right, Dave Smith just um, wrote on Twitter what to Mike Racine. Watch out, Mike. I bet Fez tries to jizz in your sauce. <laughs> Who knows? Then he'll probably drink it after that. Uh, it's all a big joke, yeah. Right. That, that never happened. That was me saying that. I can't tell the difference. Thanks. Between that and Dave Smith's actual humor on the Skank Show. Come on. Come on. That's your buddy. He's not my friend. Uh, Mike in Miami. Fezzy, listen, man. The fact that those guys are busting your balls means they love you, man. If they didn't talk That's about true. It, a good point. nothing, I mean, in my line of work, people are con. If they bust your balls, man, that means they're you know they're thinking about you. They like you. They're into you, man. You got to loosen up a little and go get fast, like they said, man. I don't think that was intentional. I don't think they were trying to hurt you at all. It's ball busting. Man. I think they were all having fun with it. I think it was going yeah. beyond that, Mike. Uh, I really I do. So, uh, I feel bad, but and uh, I, I think I, that when you hear me t- talk about stuff on the air that I struggle with, then you make a big joke ab- about it. Uh, I understand where you're coming from, man, but I don't think they're in, it was in uh, you know a malicious uh, intent. I think it's just stuff. vicious. Are you fighting off laughing? No. Okay, because I couldn't tell. Oh, I was talking to me. I was. How about this? After the show today, me, you. And Mike, me and Mike Racine go out and do something gay. 
You just well, I'll go yeah, out and wh- do something. Whatever gay you want. Yeah. Whatever gay thing you'd yeah. like to see me do. What do you want to do? You want to? You can, we could go shopping. We can make him try on different outfits, <laughs> and you and I will sit there and judge. We could try you know? on wigs. Yeah, like a wig in the box thing. We'll put on some makeup. We'll just wig out. Yeah. Do you want to have a wig out day? No, because I don't put on wigs and makeup. We well, can make you can Mike put do us it. in yeah. wigs and makeup, and uh, you just going to take it back to Dave Smith? No, no, I'm not Dave. a rat. No, seriously, this is a fucking stand-up guy, Fez. This is a fucking stand-up guy. I do you know? appreciate you distancing yourself from him. Well, I mean, yeah, sure. of course, I don't even like the guy. Yeah, I mean, and Dave isn't going to want to hang around with a guy who wigs out the afternoons. I mean, it's right. one thing no. to wig out at night after you're all fucked up, but we're talking about going out three o'clock in the afternoon and trying on wigs. I think we can only even go get our eyebrows plucked. What would you like to do? Huh? What would you like to do? I just want to go home after the Come show. Come on. Shoes. Manny Petty Day? Huh? No. Manny Petty. No, I'll say yes, and then, you know, uh, next Tuesday's show on the Skanks will just be all about that. No, you're not lying. What are we going to do? What are we going to do to make you happy? What do you say to this? But you would say you would agree that like straight heterosexual sex is kind of gross and funny oh. too in it, in its own way, right? And if if they made it if they made jokes about two elderly straight people having sex, there might be some some humor there. Yeah, that's right? that's a nameless imaginary couple. So it's a, they're bringing my actual name into it. Well, what it. about your parents mm-hmm. having sex? Does that make it seem easier for you thinking about your dad mountain your mom? No. Okay. What about the High Line? We get some balloons, fucking cotton candy, we go down the High Line for a couple hours. You know? Or we stand out of school and just fucking check out kids. You know, like in the <laughs> playground. <laughs> you know, I mean, like... We'll go to like, we'll go to like a middle times. school, so it's yeah, not we'll, as weird. Yeah, we'll go to a Catholic school where we'll it's all to, boys, and they're coming out in those little boy. fucking outfits, you know, tailored outfits. <laughs> those sexy like, polo shirts. Yeah. And the, yeah. What about him? He's old enough to bleed. You know, one of those things. <laughs> Let's say this, Fuzzy. Seriously. We'll fucking stand outside of a boys' school like that. Any boy who can sit on the fucking curb, his feet hit the street, he's game. You know what I mean? That's our, you're fucking tall enough to ride line. What do you struggle with the, mo- the most uh, as anal? far as your section? <laughs> I would guess anal, you know? Just accepting myself. And when you hear those, the Legion of Skanks who always say they accept you and they obviously don't, it just sets that back even further. The problem is there's a legion of them. That's the big worry there. What about we do this, Fez? We show up the creek next Tuesday night. We walk into the joint once the show starts. I fucking lock the door behind us. And now you you go like this. And now you can't leave. And we start hitting them with bull sticks. <laughs> I like the idea. I'll, I'll do a run-in with you there next week. Or at least... I'll send you in first, shut the door behind yeah, you. and then we'll sodomize <laughs> them individually. And then you're fucking banging on the door while I'm holding on to it laughing. What I thought they were doing was saying they care about you. I didn't hear any of that. One of them said you came into the game a little uh, late. 
That was the thing. Yeah, that's another thing that I struggle with. But you said you were looking more for a passive thing, right? Mm-hmm. You weren't just after a big sexual thing. Yeah, I also wasn't looking for the Legion of Skanks to point and mock at me. I don't think they are. I think they're pointing and mocking with you. Hey, let's give Mike Racine just like a fucking kick-ass. Kick-ass. <laughs> Be but just isn't... Guy. But isn't... I feel like it's it's usually the intent. Like, is, isn't there intent behind it? I kind of took it that they want you to, like, be happy and be who they you are. They want you to get out there. And get out there. No, I think they wanted to make themselves happy by making fun, make of me. fun of you. The drunk driver's intent is to get home. Right. He ends up killing somebody. So you can't blame him. <laughs> right? Not according to Racine Law. I'm, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to. You well, know. you you don't think that he's from Wisconsin, do you? Because there are Racine laws. I've been out there. I'm not. I'm not. I have been to Racine, uh, Wisconsin. I'm just saying this. It's not a very comfortable place for a white dude, especially when you got to protect the midway. I'll leave it at that. Carney traveling. Um. So I yeah, give a nice plug, Fezzi. I mean, the sauce, the gigs. I mean, really make it sound professional. You know, step away from the sad fez into the happy fez. Mike Racine from Racine Brothers Sauce is hosting the Sunday Sauce Show this Sunday, March 15th at The Stand uh, in New York City with Mike Vecchione, Dan St. Germain, Gary Goldman, and Adrian Iappalucci. Go to thestandnyc.com for tickets and more information. Everybody going there gets a small bottle of Racine Brothers sauce. Parties of two get a large. <laughs> MikeRacine.com. <laughs> I don't know why. That sounds like the greatest show in history. Every guy in sounds the sh- nuts. Every person in the show, by the way, is hysterical. Like if Mike just wanted to film this and sell it to HBO, he could. It's that funny of a show. Uh, and then after the show, um, there all the comics come up on stage and they do this thing called "What Should Fez Do Sexually?" and they just go back and forth. Like I think he should be with the, you know, yeah. Stop being like that. I gave you the opportunity whether you wanted to hear it or not. And you said, yeah, you did. I should have. I should have just stated my ignorance. We just, all... I'd just, I'd just gone about ignorantly thinking uh, those three skanks were my friends. Hey, listen, I call them names. They're good-looking guys. No, here's the thing. We all make mistakes, even that DUI driver who ran over a kid. We could all be... You know, we we could all be let go with a warning. That's the way I say it. If I'm on a jury, I'm never going to convict a DUI driver who ran over a kid, because I figure, you know, how else right. was he going to intent? You yeah. know, he it, wasn't how, intending to run over that how kid. How else was he supposed to get his car home? <laughs> it's one thing to get you home safely. Okay, what about my car? No further I, questions, Your Honor. I think this case is called right now. Uh, here's Joanne, Fort Lickerdale. Go ahead, Joanne. Hey, Ron and Fez. How are you? Hey, sweetie. Uh, I think I'm probably the first girl to call your show. Cause every well, time we don't I- get a lot, but you're not the first. Okay. But come on, Fez. It's kind of a gay first show when you think about it. Channel, you expect everyone's going to make fun of you. You sound why, why should I have to expect that, Joanne? Why? Because you, you're living in the world and working in the world of comedy. 
you got to take a joke. Joanne, if this was done about you, you'd be just as upset. It's real easy to sit there in the cheap seats and say these things. But it's your job. You can choose another one. If you're going to go... Well, what else are you going to do, though? You can show. What else are you really going to do? Yeah, that's true. That is a good point. I mean, what are you going to do? Work in the complaint department? I think it all went well, Fez. I think if we look back on this, you probably uh, shouldn't have said, yeah, let's run it. I think this is going to be That was great. a mistake on my part. I should have listened to it first. But a lot of people were sending it to me this morning. I thought it was going to go fantastic. And I thought it was going to be, I thought it was like... I had my trepidations, but I didn't know it was going to be that bad. You know what? I don't even know what the word trepidations <laughs> mean. If I'm going to be totally honest here. It means like reservations or something. Okay, then that's a gay way of saying it, right? Uh, no. Okay. I say it all the time. Okay, that's no further questions there, too. Uh, so what are we doing, Fez? We're going to go out and do some gay stuff today? No, I'm just going to go home after the show. Did you say You're, homo you- after the show? What? Did he say I'm going to go home all the way after the show? Uh, I think he said home. I said home. Okay. You ever hear the game Cookie? They play yeah. it in a lot of fraternities. Cookie Cookie? Yeah. What yeah. if we played Cookie with a jar of my tomato sauce? <laughs> Would you be willing to do that, Fez? We all, two of the three get jizzed into. <laughs> no, I'm... And the last one who finishes has to has to eat a bowl of baked ziti with the, with the semen sauce. I'm going to do it right now because I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> I'd fucking do it either way. Give me the semen sauce. But that's what we're saying. Everybody's a buddy now, Fuzz. I thought we were. Stop it with that. I mean, you can make fun of me for uh, I'm Italian. I'm flat-footed. I have You're tits. you flat-footed? Yeah. What the fuck's wrong with your feet? I, I don't know. They're just flat. There's no arch in them. I can never play sports or anything. They'll keep you out of the military, too, right? Yeah, that's Because nice. you know how marching, how much marching takes place in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. March, everybody. March into the snipers. So, so you got that going for you. He's got duck feet. Yeah, so do I. You got flat foot? Yep. Looks like you fucking two are just perfect <laughs> for each other. A couple of flat-footed gays. I've also had tits since I was like 10 years old. Just, That's hot. I don't know. I, yeah. <laughs> I, have like a, I have like an indent in my chest, so I've just always had you, like male breasts. Does the indent mean there's something wrong with your heart, though? I don't know. Yeah, look Maybe that's it. just what my mom told me. Maybe I'm just fat in that area. No, but you know but what? I have very breast-looking, uh, I have man tits. But you know what that comes from? Like, when you're being born, the doctor's kneeling on your chest trying to pull you out. Maybe mm-hmm. that's what happened. Possibly. There's a little thing there. I just remember they checked us for scoliosis in, like, yeah. fifth grade, and my mom had to write a note being like, please excuse Michael, because they lined up all the boys and took, had their, took their shirts off. So she had to send in a note that was like, everyone's going to laugh at his tits, so please excuse him. <laughs> and from, uh, like, in skirt in shirts, skins, you're always yelling, shirts! Yeah, yeah, Shirts! Yeah. So, see, that Fezzi's opening up here. That's what you're able to do. Yeah. You're able to get people to open up. But I would never go on Legion of Skanks and, you know, make fun of him for it. We're going on next Tuesday. I'm going in with you. But I, but I guess the thing is, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if you did, but, you know... I guess now that I know that I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take shots at him. Hmm. But maybe they didn't know. Yeah, maybe they didn't know. Not everybody can see a Nancy boy. You know what I'm saying? I think every one of them knew. They've all been here. You just pointed at your penis when you said that. 
No, that I meant perfect. the studio. But seriously, that would have been perfect. Uh, we got to say goodbye to Mike Racine and wrap up today's show. Mike, let's make this a regular thing. We're a big fan, seriously. All right, thanks. Next time, I'm going to give you $12 for $11 sauce. Okay. Don't jizz in it. That was just a little funny. Come on. That was a little funny thing that we did here. Because I want you bring in that chemical testing thing that you have to see if it's jizzes and stuff that you put in your wash. Everybody wants you to find a nice boyfriend, Fez. We all do. I believe you. Including the skanks. Not the skanks. I do. Thank you, Mike. Rank the skanks top to bottom right now. And, and how mad you are at them. Um, I'm at a 10 with Dave Smith. 10 is a good? No, 10 is the okay. most mad. That's weird. I'm at uh, eight and a half with Big J. Nice. And I'm at a seven with uh, Luis J. Gomez. Can, can, what about Anthony, though? Anthony has been my friend for a long time. I know how Anthony feels about me. Okay. Is that good? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, that's it for us. Give a nice plug. Mike Racine is hosting Mike's Sunday Sauce Show this Sunday, March 15th at the Stand Comedy Club in New York City. On the bill is Mike Vecchione, Dan St. Germain, Gary Goldman, and Adrian Iappalucci. It's a crazy show. That's a great lineup. It's unbelievable. It's at uh, thestandnyc.com online for tickets and more information. And be sure to be there in the audience because everyone's getting a small bottle of Racine Brothers Sauce Parties at two get a large. <laughs> MikeRacine.com online and at MikeRacine on Twitter. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, Chip Kelly, you better fucking be right, dude. I'm not even playing games with you. I'm trusting in you right now, but you better be right. I went 16-0 and and then sweep through the playoffs, winning the Super Bowl 49 to nothing. And then everything will be cool between us. And I don't regret throwing Dave Smith under the bus. It seems like Dave... That's what Dave does, so you shouldn't. I think once you have a chance to talk to these guys, it's all going to be cool. Yeah, really I think do. so, too. Yeah. I think we're all going to be best friends. I don't want to be friends anymore. Yes, you do. See you guys tomorrow. Uh, that's the end of my show. Dog.